Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to Lost Legends Side Quest. Hey there, folks. This is Ben, the Dungeon Master of Lost Legends Tales of Thern. We're just getting ready to start recording Season 3, and I wanted to try something different for this one. My homebrew world of Thern was designed to be expansive. Many adventures have already been told featuring the Dirty Water Boys, but they are not the only heroes of this story. It is my pleasure to introduce to you, for the first time, the Sparrows, roguish vigilantes from around the Golden Empire trained by the Crimson Snipe herself. Their mission, to protect the weak, defend the downtrodden, and keep a watchful eye over those who think themselves above the law. In terms of our timeline, this one-shot adventure takes place four months after the Battle of Moonhaven. I hope you enjoy the first of their many adventures. Okie doke. Well, welcome, guys. Hello. Hey. Hey (laughs) So, So this adventure has been a long time in the making, admittedly, and I'm really excited to have you guys here. Oh, Happy to be here. We're excited to be here. So uh, each of you is playing. So let me get a little more background here. So for those of you that were with us and have listened to season one and season two, uh, the Sparrow, I think they were referenced in season one and then make an appearance in season two. So yeah, the Sparrows are a group, essentially like a fi- uh, crime fighting group. Um, think like Batman and the Bat family, you know, with the Crimson Snipe being like Batman and you all being part of the Bat family. So at this point, it's about four months after the fall of Moonhaven. It is a dark and stormy night. The Crimson Snipe, a.k.a. Princess Eldora of the Golden Empire, has summoned you all to an abandoned tower on the coast near the southern end of the Great Trench. Uh, The Great Trench, you would know, is where all the fighting has happened between the forces of the Golden Empire and their dragons and the uh, allied coalition forces and their giant support. This uh, tower isn't on any maps. It's one that's kind of been lost to time. You can see as you walk up, you know, the, the steps that are wet with rain. You know, the thunder cracks and you can see that the steps themselves are cracked and the whole tower looks about like one strong breeze away from falling over. Uh, You guys make your way inside and you see a large kind of chamber with a long since broken window that uh, you can look out into the sea. Uh, Lightning strikes and the crimson snipe appears. Just welcome. Welcome. How was your trip here? Do you all make it well? Fancy something to eat? No. No, thank you. Let's get down to business. Ah, uh, yes. I like the sound of that. And she uh, kind of takes the mask off, and you see, you know, it's the uh, Princess Eldora, you know, shock of blonde hair down the back. And she welcomes you guys. She says, she asks if, if any of you guys have read the news lately. Say, so if you want to try a, a history check, kind of recall, like, kind of the main happenings in this, this corner of the world. 16. 7. <laughs> 18. 
<laughs> six. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, a a thirteen or higher would have got it. So yeah, um, you guys would know that in the last week or so, there's an elderly tiefling named Montgomery Falcon. Back when you know be- before the war and stuff, he was kind of one of the city's more well-to-do citizens. Uh, Montgomery Falcon, you know, being kind of like town one of the town rich guys. He started up a factory at the start of the war to mass produce weaponry. And in the news, uh, essentially his factory has pretty much been given the monopoly for creating all the weaponry that the Golden Empire will use in the war. Um, Mm -hmm. He's outfitted several large warehouses into one huge factory where uh, they're just cranking out swords, armor, shields, any weapons to make war. They, They originate in that factory. So are we setting it on fire? (laughs) <laughs> the the uh, princess smiles and she says yes that uh that is the plan and Fantastic. she um, yeah she tosses you guys a uh, bag of holding um inside are several pairs of civilian clothes and 25 gold pieces each um to uh, get you inside the city she says the golden empire knows you all as the sparrows but not as your true identities that will be your mask for this mission what can you tell us about uh about his factory well, it, uh, it's relatively well protected. You know, it's a huge military asset for my brother. Uh, aside from that, I my spies behind enemy lines have uh, fallen silent the last few weeks. She says, as far as how to destroy this thing or what the best option is uh, to do so, she she's going to leave it to your judgment. Uh, as far as how to how to destroy this place and cripple their ability to fight. Do we have maps or anything like that? Uh, map of the city? Yeah, yeah, we'll say that's also in the bag of holding. Okay. Um, yeah, this would be, there's kind of like a like a factory, or not like a factory, like a warehouse district. Basically, they've repurposed several of those warehouses, kind of combined them together into one large facility. Are we going to, is this a mission just to destroy the factory, or are we, like, going to kill the guy, too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and are we pillaging it as well? Do you want us to bring you back anything? She uh, she smiles and says, I appreciate your zeal. You've been well-trained. Just pat myself on the back there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, she uh, she says, if yo, Montgomery Falcon, uh, his death is secondary to the destruction of the factory. Now, I do All worry right. that if we destroy the factory without taking him out, then he would just be able to make another one. Um, I don't know that he has any heirs. Um, so I figure alive is better than dead. But do what you must. Whatever you deem necessary. Okay. Arson with a body count. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Very good at arson. Blow shit up. Kill Monty. Bring back snacks. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> like Nutter Butters. Mm. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but yeah, she also uh, would hand you guys each a ticket. Um, it's kind of a like a light magical property uh, that makes the tickets waterproof. Uh, these would be tickets on a passenger line called the Blue Flame. That is going to take you right up to the river that'll take you north to Indiglis. It's like um, it's telling us to set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't put it out. Yeah. I think we, I think we need these, though. No, I mean, like, the ship being called ah, the Blue Flame. Ah, It's yes, like it's just... Yeah. Like it's a sign. encouraging us, yeah, it's mm. a sign. It's a sign from the gods. They just want us to set it all on fire. They want <laughs> our <Chethos>. sin. <laughs> Heck yeah! 
no yeah she just shrugs and she's like do whatever you you know if you gotta torch the blue flame i'm not gonna you know whatever, whatever you say chief <laughs> preferably when we're off of it though say again preferably when we're not on it well right yeah that'll just make for a slightly less exciting trip actually i don't know the way i'm feeling lately like let's just get it over with just it's fine (laughs) (laughs) totally well the uh the tickets are for three days from now um so you'd have about three days to kind of plan it out you've got each of your uh you know in bag of holding each of you has multiple pairs of civilian clothes so you'd be able to blend in um, I guess do you, do you guys have any que- any other questions uh, currently for for the Crimson Snipe? She uh, she's really happy to see you guys, but she's got a she, you know, she's one of the commanders at the front. Her and we all know why you really want to go. Want to talk to Kalanon again? I see oh, how yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, she would blush and be like, that, "That's neither here nor there." <laughs> Not denying anything. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Just give her a big wink. yeah her whole you can tell in the lightning her whole face just turns red (laughs) she says well he has been quite the advisor these last four months i'm sure he has (laughs) (laughs) bow chicka (laughs) well the question princess is do you have any little trinkets or any of those remember several several episodes again ago there were these handy dandy little sticky tide pod bombs any of those oh, I love no. those. <laughs> she says yes as a matter of fact and she uh, pulls out a bag and hands them there would be about five of those per person <laughs> yes there are <laughs> <laughs> perfect thank you thank you absolutely thank you. So I, I trust in your ability and uh, your ability to Preserve and protect our inf- our empire, even against even against their uh, worst impulses. And she smiles. By using our worst impulses. <laughs> yeah, fight fire with fire. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "Well, I must be off." And uh, she would come up and just kind of like mo- like motion with her hands, like bring it in for a group hug. <laughs> I'll bring it in for a group hug. Yeah. I begrudgingly bring it in for a group hug. <laughs> I'm going to walk over, but just, like, stand next. I'm not going to bring my arms up for a hug. I'm just going to stand there, like, looking right at them, but not putting my arms up. I very softly hum, we are family, as we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's Maxine not in the (sighs) hug. I pull her into the hug anyways, despite her protests. Okay, I'm going to, like, sit there, and I'm going to, like, I'm not going to protest, but I'm going to smile. And I think it's a nice smile, but it's actually just really creepy because I don't blink or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, she just uh, almost sways back and forth with you guys. And she says, um, hopefully this will get us back to better times. Back when uh, pickpocket was the worst of our worries. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I kind of like it now because I can commit arson without getting in trouble. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pat you on the shoulder and say, you know, there will be plenty of arson to come, regardless of whether or not there's going to be war. <sighs> yeah, I guess. There's always time for arson, we promise. Thank you. Say it that, she smiles. <laughs> Lightning strikes outside, and you see that she's vanished. How does she keep doing that? Got to figure out if she's got, like, 
a ring or an amulet? Is that just, why hasn't she taught us that yet? Yeah, where is she going, though? Does she have, like, a little house that she just teleports to? It's ridiculous. Maybe she has her own magical (laughs) void that's kind of like a house, but it's just endless. Mm -hmm. You know, I do have a question, though. If this is a weapons manufacturing factory, how big do you think the explosion's gonna be, and how far away do you think we'd have to be to not get blasted into oblivion? Oh, we're all gonna die. It'll be fine. It's gonna be a big kaboom. I'm always ready to die. (laughs) I guess, so is is there any preparations you guys would want to make? You have three days until the blue flame sets off. I think Grandata's gonna spend most of the time, um meditating and just getting herself in the right frame of mind for this mission. Also, do any of us have like some sort of fire ability to actually light anything on fire besides just like a tinderbox and explodey tide palms? Okay. So, okay. So how much would it cost for a shoulder mounted uh, cannon? Do those exist? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty sure we could just whip that up in three days yeah for sure well, i'm just thinking that we can because obviously there might be some issues with it but theoretically i was thinking we load the tide pods into it we shoot it into a window of the factory and you know it blows up but Are you I don't know kind if of like a Molotov cocktail on your shoulder. Yeah, but I don't know if it'll set the tide uh, pod bombs off. Like as I'm firing, I don't want to get blown up if nothing <laughs> else That's is getting. That's how Maxine died. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm willing to go down in a blaze of glory. If, yeah, I'll I'll go down in a blaze of glory if it means the factory goes as well. But I don't want to die just for nothing. If Ben lets me change one spell, um, yeah, then we're, we're good to go. Uh, Higher high low? Low. What spell do you have in mind? Burning, burning hands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of just pick stuff. I mean, I want you guys, I want to make these like your characters, you know? So yeah, if there's anything like that, um, I know me and Grindata have talked yes. a little bit about equipment and stuff. So like, yeah, so much, you know, I, I want these to be your characters for sure. All yeah, right. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been kind of thinking about her backstory and stuff and uh, blowing up a factory plays right into it. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If the cannon isn't something, I want to try to get something that'll make, that'll expedite the process a little bit. What about like a slingshot? You just put it all together Ooh. and whack it into the window. Mm, oh, like you put it, like put a Tide Pod on the slingshot and then yeet it. Yeah, it'll be like yeah. Ernest goes to <laughs> Africa where he has the he's shooting the eggs. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. They don't explode on impact. We actually have to set them on fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Each one of those has like a little fuse on it. Okay, oh, they so have a fuse. We, we light the fuse slingshot it in and then it'll explode while it's in there yeah and it gives them an offer that they cannot refuse because <laughs> they're crispy critters yeah as they say with as they say with life what the lord yeeteth he can also yoink it away <laughs> <laughs> and i've got my little prestige station so i can light those babies 
Rapid. Okay, so I would like to get a slingshot. How much is that gonna cost me? Uh, like two gold pieces. Uh, For that I'll... matter, I'll get a slingshot too. Yeah, okay, so... slingshots all around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, health potions. How much would that cost? Uh, those will be 25. 25 gold pieces? Oh, I don't got enough for that. <laughs> you just got 25? Well, I want to save money. I'm thinking of things. Uh, you could always try and haggle down the price, too. Like a, like a persuasion check? Um, persuasion 25, we'll involves... say, is like the fixed price. Yeah, my persuasion does not involve uh, the other party walking out happy, so I'm going to try to play nice. Um, <laughs> it's like persuasion I... by intimidation. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what about a hammer? They like a hammer. A hammer, like a war hammer, or like a like a hammer and nail hammer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just says hammer, and it's three pounds, so I'd assume it's not a war hammer. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Was that part of your like explorer's kit, or your? Yeah, it looks like it. Dungeoneer's kit, your 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 kit of some sort. Um, yeah, that's just like a hammer, hammer. I could get rid 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 of one hand axe. I think I could part with that. Okie doke. Yeah, he'd, he'd easily trade one hand axe for one uh, health potion. Alright, I will do that trade then. And since I'm fresh out of hand axes, I'll just <laughs> give him 25 gold. Okie doke. <laughs> like, I'm well, gonna stand go. there. <laughs> I'm gonna stand there thank looking you, sir. real thank you, sir. smug. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you, ladies. <laughs> yuck, yes, yuck, yes. yuck, yuck, yuck. I'll also uh, turn over 45 gold, uh, 45, 25 gold <laughs> for one healing potion, please. Okie doke, excellent. Trying to reverse haggle. <laughs> I'm going to pay to. you more for this. <laughs> it's too valuable. That's some high quality H2O. <laughs> try, trying to be as prepared as possible here. Is that for a greater want- healing potion? 25? Uh, just like a standard healing potion. Okay, I think. Yep, that'll be 2d4 plus 2 is what it heals. Maxine, I don't know if you know this, we're pretty badass. I'm not super worried about it. Well, one can never be too careful. And in that regard, are there any pubs or taverns or anything around? Yeah, I like the way you think. Yeah, we'll say that the uh, the ship is going to depart. So the Blue Flame leaves three days from now. Um, it is departing from a small coastal town, less than a thousand people, uh, called uh, Blue Pool. Um, since we're going around um, shops, how much would it cost me to get enough poison to be able to coat the tips of my ten darts? Ten darts? Well, see, because it doesn't really take a whole lot of poison to do that. Right. Um, so we'd say like maybe ten gold pe- or ten gold pieces for for all okay. ten darts. All right, I'm gonna go to uh, the nearest tavern and try to buy a bottle of grain alcohol. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh-huh. uh, the the inn we'll say is uh, sparsely populated, maybe three or four people. There is a uh, uh, fire elemental. That is working behind the bar. And he just kind of looks over at you. And then you hear a snap come from one of his like fiery hands as the bartender comes out. He's a small stout dwarf. Beard drags down. He's got it underneath the uh, the chef's. What's the word? The apron? <laughs> yeah. But it still drags down like longer, like on the ground and behind him. And he's like, hey, what do you think you're doing in here? 
You got money to spend or what? I ain't got all day, laddie. Oh, lassie. I mean, have a seat anywhere. Not often we get outside ladies here. And he uh, licks his hand and uh, smooths back his balding hair head. And he's like, name's Bill. Say hi, Bill. And I lean over and I gently pull on his beard and start making little braids in it. And I say, would you happen to have (laughs) any (laughs) grain alcohol you'd be willing to give me? Grain alcohol, you say? Are you Mm -hmm. gonna drink me under the table, are ya? I just might. As he uh, speeds to the back and grabs like, um, like a jug, not even like a like a barrel, but like a jug of grain alcohol. You have no idea the massive amount of restraint I have when I see a beard like that and not set it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) He says. But anyway, uh, I'm thirsty. He's like, I thirsty too. He winks. Mm, Well, how about a round for all of us? I was like, sound of that. That's what that'll get started out. Uh, and he's like at a loss for words as he uh, takes a step back and trips on his beard, but like writes himself <laughs> right at the last minute. Cut like reflexes. So what I want to know from Bill is, uh, does he have any alcohol in bottles? There's bottles? What do you think this is? Some kind of inn in a small seaside village that the game master just came up with a minute ago? <laughs> I thought this was a tavern. Wouldn't you uh, have yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, I we do. Just making the point. <laughs> okay. And he goes to the back and grabs you know, a half dozen bottles. Perfect. That's great. Uh, so, how long you stay in here for, ladies? Uh, just a couple of days. We're passing through. Well, we got several rooms upstairs. Some are rather nice. You know, a little on the co- on the costly side. <laughs> no. No, thank you. Is I? Well, I figured I'd put it out there. I am a business well, owner, after all. I think there's at least one of us that could, you know, entertain that to get the price down, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to spending a night in a nice, comfy bed before we're on the road again. As if if comfort's what you're after, look no further. And how much would you charge me for a room, Billy? Is, oh, Billy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he says, for, for you, ten gold pieces. Ooh, I like the sign of that. Uh, and how much would it be if we uh, do one more round? Says, well, I suppose you could talk me down to eight. Okay, let's do that. Eight sounds great. So he uh, pours you guys another, uh, another glass of the uh, green ale. And he says, hi, so, hear about the war going on? Poor things. Nope. I got There's a cousin a that's over. Aye, oh aye. Big war. Biggest oh, one no. we've had in centuries. Mm. I've got a cousin fighting over in the trenches against the Golden Empire, those dogs. Oh, really? It's mm. bad for business, I tell you. Most of my customers are either six feet under or six miles over. Us being six miles away from the trench, of course. Okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. So does that mean that I get six more bottles? <laughs> <laughs> Lassie, if you can pay for six more bottles. Well, how much is it? How much is it? Uh, he's going to say uh, four gold pieces per bottle. That would be a lot. Why don't I, you know, I could also give you this holy symbol, which is really important to me. But um, 
Well, what do you mean, holy symbol? You know. I don't see any holes anywhere. <sighs> well, if you look right here. <laughs> Are you going to delete God? <laughs> God's already <laughs> deleted. I got news for you. All right, hold on. Now I have to do math. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how about this? If, uh, if I put on a little show for the current crowd, would you trade us? Now you're what, talking. What kind of show are we talking, Lassie? I mean, I like to keep a clean establishment. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, about? of course. Of course, I would just sing a little song for everyone, put them in a oh. great mood, take the, the war out of their minds. And if they enjoy the show, I'll trade you my performance for the models. He uh, takes a moment dumbfounded. He's like, but it, you'd actually do that? Yeah, of course. Live, live entertainment? Yeah, of course. Well, hot dog. <laughs> and he uh, starts like very excitedly moving some chairs around and stuff, making kind of a little makeshift stage for you. There, you know, the other te- the other patrons, they've been kind of listening in. And at this point, some of the fishermen would have come in from the harbor. You'd have an audience of probably 20 people. Great. So I'm going <laughs> to. Don't mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> Free bird. <laughs> right, as she's getting to per- ready to perform, because I'm assuming this whole time Grandata's been walking around and looking at all the shops and buying all her things. This is the point where she walks in and sees the crowd, and she's like, "Oh, oh, is this is this what we're doing?" Oh, okay. I just right. give you like a uh, thumbs up, like this is going fantastic. Yep. <laughs> perfect, fantastic. All right, let's hope this performance check checks out. <laughs> so yeah. Bill's gonna grab a, uh, it's the, the rock that he uses to announce last call, and he's like, presenting for the first time in our fine establishment, uh, this lady. <laughs> Thank you, Liliaxis, everyone, and I'm going to sing you the song of our Sparrow Clan, um, and I rolled a 28, so everyone no applauds, way. they throw money at my feet, um, Tears gonna, of joy and appreciation. <laughs> I'm going to lean over to Roxanne and Maxine and say, we have a song? <laughs> Didn't know we had a song. Now we do. <laughs> I just imagined it's to the tune of Piano Man. <laughs> oh, totally. Let's say there's a moment where you look over and Bill is just like sobbing big tears. It's like, I told myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful and I find very very few things beautiful <laughs> it's a gift I'm gonna go up to the bar and get a water because Grande is all about keeping her key clean and undiluted and so she's gonna sit gonna there and oh it's gonna be amazing and so I sit there and as they're all applauding and everything, I'm going to lean over to the bartender and I'm going to say, man, she's so good, isn't she? It's so kind of you to give us a room for free for her performance. So the uh, bartender fire elemental just kind of turns his flaming head towards you. He's like, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I-, I know, I know. <laughs> to <Another>. a what? <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm casting an eye, keeping an eye on them while I'm signing autographs for the crowd. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Uh, I begin hey, so charging people for those autographs. Real quick, uh, before your performance, or before uh, we do the money for the autographs, 
um, there's a point where like someone would have thrown a hat on stage like upside down and people start throwing money into it. That performance with a 28, that would have gotten you 23 gold pieces. Sick. Nice. Uh, Grindata, also, uh, as you're at the yes. bar with the fire elemental, uh, the fire elemental um, kind of looks you up and down. And you would see it make like a like a motion with both of its hands as it bows. And then it kind of summons you a um, like a glass of what looks like tea. And then it kind of points its hand at it. And it starts to boil and slides it oh. towards you. Oh, well, I'll give him a, a kind little bow and tell him thank you and graciously accept the tea that I'm not going to pay for. <laughs> just walk Don't away and go join my friends if you're confident about it they won't notice of course mm-hmm. for sure they say these headshots um <laughs> so let's say about 10 gold pieces or i'm sorry 10 gold pieces yeah uh uh one one silver a piece uh which 20 people would be about two more gold pieces wasn't there a dude named Large Boots who did this exact same thing? Yeah. So I think it was Small Boots, maybe. Teeny Tiny Boots? Small Flip I thought it was boots? Big sure. Booty. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that right. Sounds right. Yeah. 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 I just remember you had great big Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> They're made from the real biggest. crocodile. Yes. <laughs> made sure to put them in sports mode before he fought anybody, though. Exactly. <laughs> Don't make me come on this call. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, darn it. We forgot he was here. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, they, they put you up for the night. Um, the room that they have is actually, uh, it's got like three beds in it. Um, and then like a really nice couch. There's like a, kind of a, what do you call it? Uh, with the mirror, like a desk with the mirror. A um, desk with a mirror? A vanity? A vanity? Vanity. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's like a vanity in there. Um, and then it's on the second floor, so it kind of looks out over the town of Blue Pool. Does it have a closet? Uh, yes. Does the closet have hangers? Um, they, it does, yeah. It has maybe a half dozen hangers. Alright, I'm gonna put the hanger like through my shoulders and stuff, and I'm gonna sleep like that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and uh, roll acrobatics. Make sure you don't snap Gosh, the I hope I failed this. thing off the wall. You said acrobatics? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I got a six. <laughs> yeah, so right when you go to do that, you put your weight on it, and the hanger just snaps, and you fall to your knees. And I fall <laughs> so hard, because I was fully expecting that to take my weight. <laughs> and I just look flabbergasted <laughs> that this didn't work. Is this is this nighttime? Uh, we'll say it's like six at night. It's starting kind of starting to get dark out. Okay. Um, pretty much the way the timing is worked out, dawn the next morning is when the uh, the blue flame is going to set sail. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll gesture to Maxine and say that there's a there's a couch over there that I'm pretty sure would be much more comfortable. <sighs> yes. Wait, I thought there were three beds. There are, but there's a yeah. couch over there you can use. Okay. Uh, is the couch off the ground? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll say it's like a. Kind of a couch on four legs. Yeah. All right. I'm going to uh, lay my body flat on the ground and do a little shimmy underneath the couch. <laughs> and I'm going to lay under the couch because hashtag not like other girls. So we'll say that, you know, the, the couch kind of buckles up a little bit from you being underneath <laughs> of it. But, you know, that'll work. 
Uh, I'm uh, gonna go downstairs and just make sure that all of our bottles are filled up to go, and then I'm gonna place them in my bag of holding. Oh no 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 no! no. I'm gonna follow you and be like, no no no, we just need the bottles. Okay. Empty them out. Yeah, we're not drinking this shit. Okay, okay. Trust me. I got this. Gotcha. As you guys make your way down there, Roxanne, so the uh, Bill the barman would come come over to you, and uh, at this point, you know, his hair is all disheveled. Uh, there's like bubbles in his beard. He's washing all the dishes and stuff. He's You can see he's got your holy symbol in his hand, and he's like, look, Lassie, I, in all fun, I you know, if you really want the beard that bad, then that's fine. But uh, I'm not one to step in between people's faith if you catch my drift. And he goes to hand it back to you. Uh, yeah, no, really, it's fine. You you keep it. It's good. Yeah, so I figure it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, eh? Suppose you've turned your back on your god. Have they turned their back on you, you suppose? Uh, yeah, you're pretty astute. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, I'll write you a nice poem when I get upstairs and then uh, I'll take it back. It's much obliged. Kind of nods, you know, grabs the mop and then starts cleaning up downstairs. Or continues cleaning up downstairs, I guess. They say, so, uh, let's see, that was Roxanne and Lily Axis that went downstairs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Grindata and Maxine, uh, as soon as the other two leave, coming from the closet, you would hear. What a peculiar sound. I'm going um, to slowly shimmy out from under the couch. Yeah, I'm going to take out my short sword and cautiously approach. Excellent. I'm going to stand by the window ready to jump out at a moment's notice. Oh, totally. Yes, as you uh, throw open the closet, you would see that there is a catfish, like a flying catfish, that is oh kind of just like making his way up and down your clothes that are hanging there like a shop vac, just kind of cleaning all of them off. Like, I'm gonna steal this catfish. Flying catfish. I love him so much. (laughs) I'm going to just close the door. (laughs) Okay, dope. He's got a a little tag on his tail that says Philip. Alright, I'm gonna run over and wrench the the door open because I am not done looking at Philip. But yeah, he uh, he just kind of like looks over at you, like with his one eye, you know, and he's just like, I'm gonna be like, right back. So can I, can I have your roll perception real quick? All right, all right, I got a seven. Seven? You could have sworn that he winked at you. <laughs> <laughs> I am beaming. <laughs> filled with delight heck yeah um, see, the other two that are downstairs you would have also started to hear this kind of muffled coming from upstairs at that point it's kind of semi-simultaneously but yeah Philip just kind of continues to look at you and it, like if you let him go then he's able to kind of slowly float like the world <laughs> is just his fish tank I love this fish so much I will die for him I'm just going to sit there and watch him because this is fascinating man Excellent. Yeah, he just, uh, you know, he's got a job. He loves his job. He just goes and kind of like up one side and down the other, uh, just continues to suck all the, the dust and the dirt and the grime and all that stuff. Uh, by the time you finish this with your clothes, they all look like they're just brand new store-bought. All right, I'm going to pat him and tell him he's a good boy before letting him go on because I'm not going to 
take him away from the life he loves. So you could have sworn that he winks at you again, and he goes... (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna wink right back. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on the bed with my eyes closed, meditating, and I raise my voice and I say, Are you still playing with that fish? No, he's leaving. Hmm. Yeah, it's very sad. At this point, you guys would all be able to reconnect. The uh, the sun has gone down. There's kind of some like magical street lamps that keep the, the town well lit enough. So is there anything else you guys want to do before sunrise? So I'm going to sit at that desk and pull out a parchment and uh, my ink and stuff, and I'm going to write this guy a nice little poem before I go to sleep. If you don't have a title for the poem, that's okay. But like, did you have like a title in mind? I, I have the poem. Oh, oh. God. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm only going to tell you when I hand it to him what it says. You know, I should have know th- noticed this earlier, but I just realized that my intelligence has a minus one. <laughs> and I didn't realize that until now. <laughs> but I can work with that. We were so surprised when you slept under the bed. <laughs> well, in the middle of the night, I'm going to like ominously crawl out from under it, hoist myself up and crawl up onto the bed of the person that I was underneath and sleep at the end of their bed like like a dog. Okie doke. Because I do need affection. say <laughs> you would notice as you go to wake up in the middle of the night, Philip is there just kind of like lying parallel to you. <laughs> like both of his eyes closed. Little Whiskers yes. just kind of like tweaking with his little catfish dreams. Well, if he's there, I don't want to disturb him, so I'm going to stay where I am then. Oh, okie doke. Yeah. Well, morning comes, the town bell rings, <clears throat> and uh all get to their work. Um, as you guys go to check out, uh, the room just kind of magically cleans itself and puts itself back together. Um, the last thing you guys would see in the room is Philip, who's there, just kind of like waiting for the next tenants as like one fish tear rolls down his little scaled cheek. I'm going to sadly oh. wave goodbye to him. In return, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> A little tear rolling down my cheek as well. He's the goodest boy. I take out my flask and take a swig and look at you like, you are so fucking weird. I'm going to have the audacity to look offended. (laughs) I'm writing lyrics in my head for my next single about (laughs) Philip. (laughs) Philip the magical catfish. And Grindate is just the mom of the group, and she says, come along, sparrows, come along. I'm going to be like, okay, and do like a duck waddle over towards her. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, as you're like settling the bill and stuff, um, Bill would come up, and he's <laughs> he's just like, so Lassie, did you think about what I said? And he takes out the holy symbol. It's like, yeah, I'll take it back just in case. Um, here's your poem. Just, uh, if anything bad happens to me, just, you got something to remember me by, you know? Much obliged, Lassie. Not common that we get such enjoyable customers. The lot of you. Thank you, Billy. <sighs> and I wink. His little dwarf cheeks above the, the part, the part of his cheeks that are above the beard get red. <laughs> Goodbye, William. As, hey, toodaloo. Uh, the blue, the blue flame is there in the harbor. It is a passenger ship. Uh, you guess by the size it can hold about 150 passengers uh, plus the crew. Um, there's kind of a small gangplank as you know, different villagers and townsfolk and stuff are making their way up. A uh, definite seafaring vessel. 
uh, at the um, the crest of the gangplank, right where you know you go onto the, the the top deck of the ship, you would see a halfling there. Uh, he's got a tri-pointed hat, um, kind of like big fluffy pants and a large belt. And he's like, "Hello, welcome <laughs> aboard my ship." <laughs> Name's Hugh Sunnybrow, but you all can call me anytime. <laughs> he just kind of gives you like a really shitty wink. Hi, anytime. <laughs> he just chuckles and nice to says, meet you. Uh, say he would go individually and kind of grab your hand and like kiss you on the knuckle, you know, kind of <laughs> being like overly gracious to him, but like very overbearing to everyone else. I already hate him. Is Hugh Sunnybrow? Yes, Captain Hugh Sunnybrow. Mm. And who might you be? And uh, we'll we'll just go down the list here. So Maxine, uh, in your civilian clothes, go ahead and tell us uh, what your character looks like. Uh, <clears throat> well, if the princess got us the clothes, then I would look a lot better than if I picked them out. It would probably just be like a, a long shirt, a set of long pants, and a really scraggly uh, cloak, I guess. Excellent. He uh, goes to kiss your hand and he's like, hmm, charmed. I'm going to immediately wipe my hand on my uh, shirt when he does that. So he shrugs. He's like, well, better luck next time. And who might you be? <laughs> he goes to <clears throat> Grindata. Do you want descriptions of our character, not just their clothes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, okay. what is your so like for the, the people listening, what does your character look like? Perfect. Okay. Oh. So. Sh- <laughs> Do you, do you, you want, want to retroactively? Uh, yes. I'll just add the fact that my character is like four foot nine. She has really badly cut hair because she refuses to let anybody else cut it. So it's horrible. It looks horrible. It's like when a kid takes scissors to their hair for the first time. But she refuses <laughs> to accept that it looks terrible. And silver greenish eyes. Heck yeah. Very cool. Okay. So <laughs> gr- Grindata... Um, She's probably about mm, five, six, not super tall, not super short, but a very willowy frame. Um, she's got dark brown, straight hair. She usually wears it in a braid, but she's olive complexioned and she has very sharp, angular features. And the willowy frame and the sharp, angular features have actually led some of her family to to want to believe that they have some elven ancestry somewhere, but it's really just a load of, you know, baloney. Um, and she would have picked out some very, very loose fitting, non-movement restricting clothes, but just something simple. Okay, totally. Yeah, something that allows her to still kick some ass if the, <laughs> yes. if the situation calls. Yeah. Of course. I see. Um, <clears throat> Hugh Sunnybrow just kind of gives you a wink. He's like, pleasure to have you making birth here. Mm. Quiet. <laughs> I feel like that means Grindade is going to not be unkind, but pay him minimal attention and say, yes, yes. As she's just sort of looking around the ship and what else there is. Yeah, you'd see just a whole bunch of people congregating. Uh, there's a couple of boxes that are marked contraband, you know, getting loaded up and stuff. Roughly eight uh, Golden Empire soldiers on the ship as well. Yeah, gotcha. clad in kind of a gold shiny armor, very tall and broad, you know, long sword at the one side, uh, hand crossbow at the other, that kind of standard military gear. And I say, as Lily Axis comes up, 
He uh, he says, hmm, were you the one that I heard singing that lovely song last night? Yes, it was me. Well, the uh, pleasure's mine, entirely. You, Sunnybrow. Yes. <laughs> so, Liliaxis is about also like five, 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 six, just like medium regular height, medium regular build. She has thick curly red hair that she ties into a side braid to keep it out of her face. She has her dagger on a little strap on her leg so that it's quick access. And she also has her rapiers tucked into her boots. Um, and she's just wearing high boots and then like black pants tucked into the boots and a loose black shirt that has kind that's kind of belted around the middle. She steps onto the boat and says, can't wait to speak to you more, Captain, anytime. <laughs> he, uh, he chuckles and says, yes, my sailors may need some entertainment later. Say we pay you for a few more of those songs. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. And he just kind of like claps his little hands together. <laughs> little fist-like empanadas. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Roxanne comes up, and the first thing he says to you is, hmm, doll, you should smile more. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I want to punch you right in the face so bad. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Roxanne is about 5'6". She has dark brown hair that's naturally curly. She just wears it down. Uh, actually, I was to say that about her hair is black. Her eyes are very dark brown. She has kind of a tannish skin tone as if she spent a lot of time at the beach, begrudgingly, most of the time. <laughs> She's about 25, and um, the outfit that was picked out for her is a black velvet vest with a gray billowy shirt, kind of like a piratey feel to it. She's got black silken pants that are tucked into her tall black leather boots with no heels. We don't do that. <laughs> I'm getting big like Kira Knightley Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. Yes. There you go. I just need the hat. Is this guy wearing a hat? <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a three-pointed hat. Oh, is he going to yeah. kiss my hand? <laughs> uh, he's going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let him kiss my hand. Okie doke. Yeah, I'm it gets gonna, right right on the middle knuckle. I'm going to lean in a little bit and be like, so what are the chances of me borrowing your hat for a little while later on? What do you think? He says, well, and you can tell he's kind of hamming it up a bit. He's like stroking his non-existent beard and kind of <laughs> acting like he's really thinking about it. And he's he like, says, Captain, Captain. He's like, how about this? When that one goes and sings us a song tonight, steal you for a dance. I'll be down. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Wonderful. And he just kind of looks back at Lily Axis and gives a thumbs up. I I give a like sarcastic thumbs up back that he can't read as sarcasm, but the rest of the sparrows know. Oh, totally. Just for funsies, <laughs> I rolled an insight check and it, it was a three. So he's very blissfully unaware. <laughs> that tracks, that tracks. I like how all three of you are about the same height and you are, oh, you have beautiful hair and stuff. And I'm just the angry potato. <laughs> I'm also whiter than sour cream. 
<laughs> and I sunburn really easily. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, uh, he uh, welcomes you guys onto the ship, and then he continues to act that way towards every <clears throat> single other female member of, of the, the passengers. Yeah. Just thinks he's more charming than he is. Kind of a shade eater. Well, with that, the uh, bell rings on the ship. Captain Hugh Sunnybrow gets at the helm, and he says, Well, we're off, fellow golden Empyreans. Set sail to the west! Hey, what's up, my beautiful, lovely listeners? Uh, that's right, it's it's me, Logan Vote. Even though I'm not on this episode, you still get to hear my voice because my ego can't handle it that you can't have an episode without me. So here I am, uh, doing the plugs, everyone. Hey, uh, first off, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Uh, ben, thank you for writing this fun adventure so far. Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna make this uh, quick on my end. I uh, just want to introduce everyone and let them do their uh, plugs here. So Kat is from the Make Fun Network. Kat, you have a new podcast coming out on the network, right? We do. We do. It's called Pet Hair Rug. Uh, it's me, Matt Bissini, and Fro from uh, Make Fun doing a little variety type podcast for everybody. Um. It's pretty fun. I th- I think you guys will be into it. All right. Uh, nothing as of this recording. Nothing's released yet, but this will be out in April, so there'll be something mm-hmm. teased by then, right? Yep. All right. So where can people find that when it comes out? Uh, so that will be available on the Make Fun Network um, feeds on Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your Make Fun content. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kat. Uh, do you have anything? Uh, is your other podcast still going, or is that on hold for now? Uh, so that's kind of um, on indefinite hiatus, but if people want to check out back episodes, uh, that podcast is called Conquest. It's about um, all things pop culture and conventions, and that is also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Everyone check that stuff out. We have another podcaster, Kiki. You know her. Uh, she has been on the show a few times before, right? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I did the question and answer with you guys, and then I played the voice of Zetas. That's right. Uh, so you are actually playing... You're the only other person besides Ben to play two characters in our show now, so congrats. Woot woot. Uh, where can people find your stuff, Kiki? So I am <laughs> what I like to consider the better half of Mission Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Suck it, JC and Cord. They were so mad that I got to do this. You have no idea. They don't yeah. listen. They're not mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mission Spooky, we talk about paranormal mostly in uh, the Pennsylvania area, but we've branched out. And then we have a few, I call them segments, really. Like we have Cord versus Cryptid. Cord is actually one of the co-hosts and is a real-life wrestler. So we have him as a barbarian and we pit him against all kinds of cryptids that I do the stat blocks for. And Ben and Logan have been doing the stories for that. So that's been a lot of fun if you guys want to just listen to those. And Cord and I do soil sessions about magic and plants and actually growing plants. And oh my gosh, yeah. So we got we got a lot for everybody. There's a little little something for everybody. Paranormal, history, D&D, it's all mashed up into one place. 
And we're all on all the places you can find fantastic podcasts. Awesome. Yeah, I believe mine is out. Uh, the latest Chord vs. Scripted for mine, which I had him yes. fight the Alba Twitch. Yes, and you were on to talk about the Alba Twitch first, and then you did the episode where he gets to take on the Alba Twitch. So, yeah. And then I made a cameo in your soil session about <laughs> peppers. So be sure to you check did, that thank out. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Ben's Corsaris Decrypted coming up soonish around this yes. time. That one will that one'll be, um, wait, when's this going to go live? Like April? Like April 10th-ish. This will probably air before uh, Ben's. And, and I can announce it because it was one that people voted on. So it's the Beast of Bray Road is the one that he did. So that'll be late April's when that's going to come out. I'm looking forward to that. Ben, I'm assuming yours is going to blow mine out of the water again, so thank you. <laughs> I'm just really excited. I don't know. I uh, Without giving too much away, I mean, Beast of Bray Road, you know, just a quick Google search could tell you it's the most famous American werewolf. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of tried to make it like a mirrored experience with one of the NPCs, where like a werewolf is the natural, like a human being made unnatural. And then with the main character, it's them feeling unnatural becoming their true to th true self, which is made natural, you know? So kind of like a mirrored experience there. It'll make more sense when you listen to it. But that's kind of what yeah. I was going for with it. I'm it, really excited. It was amazing, as usual. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, you know, Ben, uh, that's in Wisconsin. I've wanted to make that road trip forever to Bray Road. I say we bring the bro trio back, you, me, and Alec, and we go up to Bray Road and visit it this summer. Dude, I am so down for that. I'm basically in China. <laughs> I, I think I know what you mean, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about we Maybe we could record it and put it on the Patreon. Uh, you know, we, I think that'd be fun if you're up for it. Like you said, you're in China for it. so <laughs> Like when you dig a hole down and eventually you... Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was... Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, was okay. I got it. I got it. I thought it was funny. Okay, I gotcha. All right. Uh we're also joined by two patrons uh, who have uh, been supporting us for a long time. I wanted to say thank you to them. Uh, first, we have Thais. Hello. Hello. Uh, thank you for joining us. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, my podcast is... No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a podcast. I, I was going to say, the whole time, <laughs> I never knew you had a podcast. <laughs> secretly, like, the best podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're from uh, My Favorite Murder. Didn't even know, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, no, just oh. uh, here, plug the Patreon, join their Patreon, man. Oh, yeah, it's all right. It's not that much. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, uh, it's it's <laughs> patreon.com slash lost sleep. You get bonus episodes, which are back now and up and running. Uh, Alec, myself, and Joey are doing them more frequently. Um, you can play D&D &D with us at a higher tier, which we just uh, played a couple days ago. A lot of fun. Again, Ben DM'd. Really cool. Thank you for DMing, Ben. Thank you. You get some uh, pretty sweet stickers, too. Yeah, you get stickers. Uh, thank you for reminding me. I'm really bad. I'm out of practice. <laughs> I haven't done this in a couple months. <laughs> uh, so good. They're so good, you guys. Yeah. You need the stickers. Thank you. You're a better advertiser than I am at it. The best. Thank you for the way that I'm going to plug our Patreon from now on. <laughs> it's really not that expensive, guys. It's, great. <laughs> it's really not. You, like, don't even miss it. <laughs> just expect that those like sad commercials where it's like for only three pennies. <laughs> Make sure that, you know, the, the dirty water boys eat today. For less than a cup of coffee, Big Boots can shine his boots even more. 
right. Oh my god. And then we have Cassidy, who is Joey's little sister, right? You're not old. Joey's the oldest, right? Yeah. Little yeah. So, Cassidy, you are Joey's little sister. You are also a patron. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you for joining us today. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. My, uh, my mother just opened up a shop in Makokota called Tiny Pond Theater, uh, located on Main Street, and it's got a bunch of snacks, and, uh, she makes salads, and she sells smoothies and coffee, and, uh, she's even got soda, candy, even Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, we got role-playing stuff there. And in April, uh, we're going to be having a Commedia show. And if you want to find out more about that, you can look up Tiny Pond Theater on Facebook. Awesome. Tiny Pond Theater. Um, that's Makokota, Iowa. So I know we have a lot of Iowa listeners, so go go check out the theater. Uh, put out, Check out the show. They'll be coming out really soon around the time this release, too. So, Ladies, again, thank you so much for joining us. Ben, I'm going to hand it off to you, and I'm going to shut up. And the show is all yours, cowboy. Uh, after about two days of traveling westward along the coast towards Indiglis, you guys would have had a chance to uh, talk to some of the passengers. You would estimate that there's about 20 of them that the guards are watching. Yeah, uh, there's one that's a little more chatty than the others. He's a gnome. <laughs> of course he is. I do want to do something real quick in honor of my little brother Max, because every time he plays, he will do a backflip to assert dominance. So I would like to do a backflip in honor right, of go ahead, go ahead and roll acrobatics. All right. 17. 17. Uh, so Captain Hugh Sunnybrow is there behind the wheel, <laughs> and he's just like, hey, hey, you, down on the main deck. You don't want to mute like- me over here. Come on. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. grin like the little gremlin I am and then scuttle off back to the mom of the group. <laughs> trying to assert dominance on my ship. <laughs> Come on. Back I pat her off. on the top of the head and say, good job, good job. You did a great job. Mm-hmm. I am very pleased. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Backflip done. So this, uh, this gnome, he would have told you guys that these 20 people that he's kind of with they're all so like it's 150 passengers 20 of them about 20 of them being prisoners and they're all kind of chained up in groups of five uh, kind of under guard under watch from these soldiers and uh, they're actually en route to become workers in the factory that you're heading to they would have told you that mr falcon uh hires prisoners of war specifically well, and they're, they're not quite sure what to make of it. That doesn't shout bad guy. I don't know what does. So I'm going to try and quietly as I'm talking to him. Um, what's the gnome's name? Uh, Miguel. Miguel. Well, Miguel, what did you all do to become prisoners of war? Says, well, believe it or not, I used to be a soldier fighting against the Golden Army. I had a little, wee little farm. Grew mushrooms over in the edge of the forest. Now it's just a big blasted landscape. I was captured by these guys. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Now I'm going to work for the enemy. Gosh darn it, Miguel. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's too bad, Miguel. Just tell yeah. me about it. I had a beautiful wife. Baby on the way. Ah, gosh dang it, Miguel. Where are they now? He's, oh, they're back behind enemy lines, I I think. That's too bad. Maybe someone can help you uh, get back to them sometime soon. Well, I hope so. Someone's got to be around to raise him. 
Got a little yellow, little, little pup on the way. A little sprout. A little mushroom. A little baby mushroom. A little guy. A little baby. A little man. A little fella. A little dude. I'm going to slap him if I'm really close. <laughs> <laughs> but not too hard. <laughs> I'm going to pat his hand and say, yes, 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 of, of, of course. Yes, yes, of, of course. Are all of you ex-soldiers for the Empire's enemies? Well, some of us. I think that one used to be a spy. Uh, if I remember right, spies get the gallows, but for some reason, they would taken her to work at the factory. Are all the sparrows hearing this? Uh, we'll say yes. He's he's pretty uh, outspoken, this gnome is. And the guards are just like, we have you chained up anyway. Like, they have nothing to hide. Gotcha. I'm gonna give all my uh, compatriots a uh, sort of subtle but like, mm, look. I feel like it would be a good idea to recruit them, but Maxine personally would not care. Yeah. She would follow your lead, though. Yeah, it's up mm-hmm. to you guys what you want to do with this information, you know. So how how many how many of them are there total? 20. And they're uh, chained together in groups of five. Okay, and how many bottles do we have? Uh, I think six. Oh, no. Six bottles. We, plus we a only got six bottles. For the, for the jug. Damn it. One each, you know, that would have been really cool. <laughs> For later. <laughs> yeah. And say there's a point. Um, can I have all you guys roll perception? A 17. Nice. I got I got a 13. I also got a 17. With that lovely negative one. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Ben. <laughs> you got a good investigation though, right? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, that's why I, I'm taking a drink of the flat from my flask and then rolling for <laughs> yeah I almost saw more but I didn't I uh hey, you guys 19 19 okay yeah so you guys all see it then um so Captain Hugh Sunnybrow there's a point you know that you guys are kind of off in the ocean but you can see just like the line of the coast off to your right as you're sailing west you guys would see where he turns the uh, the steering wheel like you get the ship pretty much pivots on a straight 90 degrees. And, uh, you know, a couple of people fall over and toss their <laughs> cookies from seasickness and stuff. But he's pretty much piloting it straight towards the coast at this point, like straight north. And he's just kind of cackling wildly as he does so. All right. I have a little <laughs> respect for him now. And how much longer until we get to Indiglis? Uh About a day. Yeah, you'll be about there by by sun uh by sunset gotcha um can i try to pick the locks of the chains to free them uh yes that would be you'd have to roll stealth first though because these guys are under lock and key under watch by the guards gotcha so it'd be their perception versus your stealth I don't do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nine. <laughs> so hey, right when you go to start do, uh, kind of finagling with it, one of the guards stands right at attention and he's like, hey, you girl, unless you want to join them in the manacles, you keep your hands off them. These ones is needed for the war effort. You hear? Sorry. And sorry, don't <laughs> cut bacon in these pots, lassie. Keep your hands to yourself, eh? Yeah, yeah. He just kind of leaves it and nods and forcefully and kind of leaves it at that. 
Just shrug. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to do the head nod to like over to the other side where there's slightly less people to all the sparrows. So maybe we can talk in hushed whispers about this. Totally. Yeah. So you guys, uh, you'd you'd all be able to see it. Kind of make your way over to a spot in the ship that's like a little more secluded. Sparrows, I I, kind of think we should at least try to break these guys out. There's yeah. like five people I want to kill right now. <laughs> I'm sure you have your time. They are. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm wondering, we have an entire day left before we're going to get land. And how many people did you say are on the boat? Uh, about 150. About 150. Plus the crew. That's a lot of people. You know, I may be minus one in intelligence, but I feel like going to Indiglis. It would have a lot of security, and if we came into shore with a boat full of uh, escaped prisoners, it's not going to end well for us. Can I just kill the one guy? Just the one. (laughs) Captain? Yeah. (laughs) Perhaps we we should wait until we get to where we're going, (laughs) unless you suddenly know how to pilot a ship. Sure. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I I can pilot ships. No problem. Can't be that hard. Although, <laughs> and they were never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> now, alternatively, you know, all these people are going to the place we're trying to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, if we could somehow use that, keep them where they are until they get there, they're not supposed to be harmed as long as they play along. And maybe we could use them in our assault of the factory. All right, quick question. How many would be acceptable to lose if we blew up the factory. Just Are you talking, like, workers? Uh, yeah, like, these people who are chained up and stuff. Like, how many would be acceptable to lose? Just so I have, like, an idea of if, like, I want to shoot something into the factory, but there's, like, 20, and we don't want to lose 20, as we can only accept, like, 10. As few as possible, preferably. As many as it takes to blow up the place. <laughs> you were giving me two completely different answers, and I'm a, yeah. I got I'm a, I'm a potato. You can't confuse me like this. Let's let's try to keep our body count of civilians under the number of guards and Empire soldiers we kill at least. Mm. Okay. Well, right, yeah, because every one of those factory workers is on your side. You know, right. Okay. Okay. Keep in mind. Well, I mean, sometimes there's acceptable losses in war. I mean, I'm not going to stand here and pretend like we're 100% good the entire time. But I also oh, no, don't no. want to. Yeah, I also don't want to like we have kill quite people the body count. Mm. Yeah. All right. I like the gnome, and I think we need the spy. Everyone. The else, gnome is nice. I don't, it is what it is. Well, they are all chained together. So I wonder if we think they can be trusted enough, if we could give them enough information to help us start a commotion, a riot. Perhaps if one of us could get to them, we could unlock them while they're in the factory, get them to cause a little mayhem while we cause a little mayhem. I think we trust only the spy. Well, it might be better if we don't tell them anything because I mean what if one of them decides that they're going to rat us out in order exactly. to uh, get you know get some leeway mm, didn't think of that yeah like getting off for good behavior yeah and also I mean uh, we don't torture. know if they're ever 
they're ever not going to be unsupervised. So it seems like risking a lot for not much gain. So what you're saying is we wait and follow them to the factory. And then when they're at the factory, then we let them loose. And if they live, they live. If they die, they die. As long as we blow up the factory. Yeah, I found that when you blow things up, people tend to generally run away from it. So I would expect them to follow their instincts. So what you're saying is wing it. Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. In- We're so good at that. You guys would notice at this point that the ship is getting dangerously close to the coast as he's just steering it straight <laughs> north, just oh, cackling no. wildly am- as he goes. I am ready. Um, Are we I think I might want to go talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Now's a good time to get my hat. <laughs> so you him, uh, he's standing on a step stool so he can see over the top of the... Uh, over the top of the, the steering wheel, and he's just like, <laughs> They say, I need everyone to roll an athletics or acrobatics check. The DC on this is a 15. <laughs> I got 21. <laughs> nice. Whew, 19. 18. I got a 5. Oh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so you guys are all able to keep your feet as the ship lurches itself out of the water and begins to fly. What? <laughs> uh, yes. All of you guys minus was that Lily Axis that got the five? Nope, that was Grandata. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, you fall. You just kind of like fall to your knees and get this sick feeling in your stomach. Um, kind of like like when the plane first takes off and it's like Whoa, you know as you hear above the uh the roar and the wows the wows of the uh wow. passengers wow. you hear bada bing bada boom black market giants magic baby <laughs> i i i have immediately changed my opinion about this captain he's now one of my favorite people <laughs> yeah this thing sets off and uh, gets to an altitude of about 300 feet off the ground good sailing speed or uh, sailing altitude as you guys uh, you know, start taking off over this huge forest just gonna sit down and breathe and say well that was unpleasant are you kidding that was awesome hmm. just standing there letting the wind go through my hair like I'm on a rose on the titanic this complicates okay. killing him a little bit more now I'm gonna try to replicate what you're doing but it just comes off as a tifos I'm going to turn to Roxanne and and say, do you think you can pilot a flying ship, perhaps? (laughs) Sure. It's the landing that sucks. It's kind of a spoiler. Um, So yeah, airships are something that's going to be featured in season three. Oh, Um, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, giant's magic. They have enough uh, magical juice to, to get ships going here and there. If, if we let him get like just far enough to where the factory is, um, <laughs> do we crash it? Do we crash it? I mean, and then also like send certain people overboard while we're crashing it. I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh. Blaze of glory, right? May not uh, be the might, worst idea you've ever had. We oh might gosh, take a lot of people I with us, but hell yeah, idea. it'll be a lot of fun. Well, they might survive if we just throw them overboard, like. How many guards no, do you think are in the factory? Do you think 
we'd have a smaller body count of civilians than guards, then... Mm. We're probably going to have a high body count either way, and Maxine is already preparing for that. So, honestly, as long as you guys are cool with just going with it, I would be fully willing to crash this airship. If I can survive, I'll survive, but if you want me to stay behind and die in a blaze of glory, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, out, out of game, I'm kind of hoping that these characters stick around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Little did Ben know that all of us have death wishes. Yeah, yeah self-imposed TPK. Yeah, so you're the Suicide Squad. Well, yes, we'll sir. win. <laughs> yes. I'm Peacemaker. Uh, <laughs> I'll kill every man, woman, and child to achieve that. Exactly. <laughs> so I will say, I will say, Grandata in general is okay with a sacrifice a little bit if if there are um, casualties, but in general, she doesn't like mass um, yeah. murder of civilians. In general, in general, right. I guess it depends on how strong the argument is. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think if if this ship was more guards and less you know, enslaved creatures, I'd probably feel yeah. differently. We could still tr- I mean, boats have lifeboats. How do we know the lifeboats don't fly too? <laughs> you One pose a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so we go over to a couple of the guards. Have them test out the lifeboats. <laughs> I mean, cut, <clears throat> cut the rope. And then well, then we'll happens. have the problem that the Titanic had, which is wasting lifeboats. It's just the one. But it's a win-win because we also can get rid of them, too. <laughs> Rather than doing that, I'm actually going to go up to one of the guards, I guess, and just say, oh, boy, and hold my stomach and say, you know, this was a little uh, disconcerting. I didn't even realize this was possible now. Um but, you know, it concerns me. What happens if, if something happens here and the ship crashes? Do, do, do the life be- lifeboats also fly? He just kind of like, he's like standing at attention with the prisoners. He just kind of like <laughs> turns his eyes to look at you. And, and he's like, well, that would wholly depend on the uh, inclination of the captain to keep the lifeboats well stocked and the magical <laughs> runes on them. Uh, up and up. So they're not. Magical runes? Like magical runes we could possibly see? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, well, I'm not sure that makes me feel better. I guess I'll have to check with the captain on this. Thank you. Thank you. He says, yeah, it uh, really is exciting times to be alive. Never thought I'd see a giant in my lifetime. Even if it's on the other side of the battlefield. Oh, yes, of course. Mm. I mean, those giants. Woo! Truth be told, I was at the university before I became a soldier. Did my dissertation mm-hmm. on uh, giant runes. People laughed at me and said it was all bullshit, but who's laughing now, professor? That's right. <laughs> you sure showed him, didn't you? I did. With your university education. Well, yeah. if, if you studied the giant runes, could you... Because this is giant magic, is it not? Uh, yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, it is. And he well, uh, reaches could- into his pouch and grabs out, like... Uh, 
stack of papers that all have like just like like tons and tons of lore on giants from the history books. That's fascinating. Oh, we're him. That's fascinating. <laughs> so so you should be able to tell whether or not these lifeboats are enchanted for flight, right? If well, you if study I, giant magic? Theoretically, if I had enough time. I mean, there's theoretical study, and then there's practical study. Mm, yes, of course. I, I suppose you do make a strong argument there. Says, you know, I kind of starts to, like, settle <clears> in, <throat> kind of, like, leaning against the side of the of the ship. Um, takes off his helmet, and you can see he's, he looks kind of like Ned Flanders, but, like, if Ned <laughs> Flanders joined the army, you know, he's got the mustache. Um and he's like, well, you see, I've actually got some plans after the war. Hopefully we can just win this thing real nice and quick. And uh, I can get back to my studies and get a job at the university. Now that, uh, you know, everything I've written has been proven right. And he looks over at the <laughs> other guards like they've just heard this a thousand times. Um, yes, yes, I understand your frustration. And as I'm talking to him, I'm looking at the fellow sparrows. If they're close enough to hear, I'm hoping one of them is perhaps going to talk to the captain or a look at the lifeboats or something. Cause at this point now I'm just talking to him to just keep him busy. Yeah. And if, if, if you let him, he will talk your ear off about <laughs> a thousand years of giant lore. Oh yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> How many hours do we have until we're at our destination? Uh, at this point, we'll say about three. Okay. Oh, I'll go talk to the captain. <laughs> Okie doke. Yeah, the captain is there. Um, he's got the, uh, essentially it's on autopilot. You would see him kind of set the, uh, the steering wheel and then touch it. And there's kind of a sparkling blue magic that's suffused into the steering wheel as he hops off the stool. And he's like, oh, hello. <laughs> what, do, what do I owe the pleasure? <laughs> oh, man. So has she, given, has she given a performance in the last few days then? Did uh, I not- get my dance? Like, are we... Not yet, but now that oh. it's pretty much smooth sailing on the way out, he's going to offer that. Yeah. Be like, mm-hmm. hey, so we were promised a song, right, uh, Missy? Right, uh, right. <clears throat> yeah, and I was promised to dance, and I wanted to talk to you, because you're so oh. interesting. It's the feet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just really the hat. Yeah, he would He would ask you to perform a song. Really, pretty much any song will do. He's not picky. Um, I rolled a 27. So I perform a gorgeous rendition of Wind Beneath My Wings because we're on a flying boat. (laughs) Oh, heck yeah. You'd hear the guards kind of whistling along and the prisoners kind of swaying back and forth as probably about three dozen civilians come out on the top deck and start to kind of dance and waltz. Maybe not waltz because I think that song is 4-4, but they they start to dance. They do their, they they boogie down. They do their thing. Captain Sunnybrow is just kind of like, you know, he's much shorter. He's a halfling, and so he's got to kind of reach up in order to make this dance happen. Um, I rolled an 18 for acrobatics for that dance to see if I can make it work. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Maybe kind of like lift him off the ground so his feet are <laughs> just like ragpole in there. Um, if I lift he him off the ground, we're going to be swinging him somewhere. <laughs> Straight overboard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he just uh, kind of looks into your eyes and stuff, and he's like, so, here we are. Yep, we're here. 
we're at this point in my life. Yep, we're we're, we're doing this. Is this as magical for you as it is for me? You know, speaking of magic. <laughs> speaking of magic. Yes. Do the, uh, I'm asking this for a very specific reason. Do the uh, lifeboats also float? In a matter of speaking. Water, yes. They don't fly. Oh, they don't fly. That's really a shame because, you know, you and I could go somewhere real quiet, like on a boat, for example, and, you know, maybe I get that hat off. As well, two things, Lassie. First off, the hat stays on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like... (sighs) Gross. And he, uh, he says, secondly... I need to see it's not just passengers on this oat bay. If you know K hat way, I'm way, A ain't say, and he winks at you. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So we've also got contraband K in the overlay ek day. And he winks mm-hmm. at you again. A little extra. Moolah, if you speak French. (laughs) (laughs) Why, I thought that was Italian. (laughs) I'm going to attempt to speak to him uh, using Thieves Cant. Excellent. Asking him uh, if there's any chance of seeing said contraband. Responds back in Thieves Cant, and he says, So, you know the tongue of my friends and I. Oh, my tongue knows a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So he he just like absolutely gets red in the face. And he's like, the uh, contraband is kind of a special order. I don't know if I should be showing it to civilians. So special order from the king? Well, special order from Mr. Falcon. Oh, Oh, I thought maybe it went all the way to the top. As well, in a manner of speaking, he works for the king and and all that. Gotcha. So he needs it to keep business going, huh? Well, you can always get it somewhere else, I suppose. But a little extra money in my pocket never hurt. Any chance of just a tiny little extra bit for, you know, me, since I can't get the hat? Uh, go ahead and roll persuasion. Sixteen. Sixteen. He uh, kind of looks around a bit, and he says, shh, and you see him sneak something into your pocket. Uh, you're my new best friend now. He's like, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> just for funsies, how does this thing work? He says, oh, the, the thing in your pocket? No, the controls. How do you find so, this thing? Well, it's my personal ship, you see. I've got it on autopilot currently. Kind of a spell that I learned once these uh, giant runes became more accessible. You see, the ship is, you could say, coded to me. And in the event of my death, it goes to my first mate. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> can I roll an arcana check for, if I understand how this might work? Uh, especially the part about him not dying, but also, you know, being coded to him. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and roll arcana. 21. Excellent. Yeah, so you would know from giant magic that essentially they have uh, runes that they carve into things, and it's kind of like a signature. 
So on this ship, he because he put the runes on himself, essentially it's it's like coded to him. So he's the one that can alter it or add or take away runes. Um, if you were to try and like erase them, they would magically reappear unless the item becomes destroyed. There's a, a rune on the steering wheel that he uses to pilot this thing so he can go off and kind of enjoy his free time meandering with the normies. So pretty much he's the only one that can make this thing stop and land. Uh, and if he dies, then that ownership transfers. It's uh, kind of like coded to transfer to his first mate. And um, what happens if the first mate dies? Uh, then there's no stopping this thing until the runes wear <laughs> off. And then <laughs> mushroom cloud. <laughs> <clears throat> what's what's the name of your first mate again? Is oh, first mate? Dar- Dara. Dara. Well, that was her name. Okay. Now I'm confused. <laughs> is she already dead? Uh, yes. As a matter of <laughs> That's fact. a shame. Yeah, one of the reasons Gosh. we had to uh, make Doc over in Blue Pool was to give her a proper burial. It's the dysentery. Uh, I'm so sorry. Gets you every time. That is Drink absolutely that the worst water. news that I've heard all day. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe we can hang out later. I'm going to go check on my friends real quick and see how they're doing. Oh, of course, of course. I need a refill on my drink anyway. And we'll say at that point the song's over. Oh, He uh, yeah. goes over and uh, grabs a mug to- and fills it with beer and just kind of starts to meander and like shoot the breeze, turn his quote-unquote charm on. <clears throat> uh, what's in my pocket? Uh, it is a piece of pig iron. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> what is that? It is a really crappy form of iron that has yeah. way too high of a carbon content <laughs> and uh, other kind of like impurities in it. So yeah, it's very brittle and basically not useful. <laughs> Much like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll just come over to you guys and explain everything that, that he just told me about how the ship works and but that you know <clears throat> how unfortunate that dara is dead i wanted to talk to somebody too actually oh absolutely yeah yeah go up to a soldier to talk to them now is that the history soldier or uh, like no, a different I'm, one no i'm going to a different person oh okie doke yeah you would see one that's like he's rolling dice like he rolls it then he really looks like he studies the dice and then he picks them up and rolls it again and like really okay. studies it. You'd have to like like get his attention because he's so focused on these dice that he's got. Just poke him in the shoulder, I guess. So, like, oi, what'd you do that for? I'm not very good at socializing, but I'm going to say that I want I wanted to talk to you. Oh, well, nice to meet you. I have a question. Shoot. Why did you join the Golden Army? Well, you see, I just got out of school. I couldn't read. I still can't read, if I'm being honest. But teacher passed me anyway. Said I was, quote unquote, giving her gray hair and such. <laughs> she already had the gray hair, to be fair. I was just giving her more of it. And uh, saw a wanted poster. Said, for glory, for the homeland. And wouldn't you know it, I like glory. And I'm pretty fond of my homeland. So I just kind of mm. went with it. Do you know why you're fighting? Uh, yes. <laughs> why? Uh, actually, no. Uh, I couldn't say. Uh, f- f- glory? Something about a homeland? At least that's what the wanted poster said. Those are the only two words I could pick out of it, if I'm being honest. Lots of pictures, which I rather like. Yep, yep. Does that sit right with you? Well, I, uh, I, I 
and you, you get the feeling like he's never really thought about, like he hasn't really thought this through. He's like, most of the boys that uh, joined with me, they just, um, they just wanted to be heroes. People said, yeah, sign up, be a hero. Go in a white stallion, win the battle, fight for your homeland, come back just covered in glory. Is it glory or gory? Something like that. He but just shrugs. But, hey, this it pays. Really, is it pays really being bills. a hero if you don't even know what you're really fighting for? I was hoping to figure that out along the way, honestly. I mean, wouldn't that make you more likely to become the villain than the hero? Well, see, that's what they told us. They said, no, you're not the villain. Villains, the other guys on the other side of the trench. They're over here with their giants, shooting magic and got their airships. They're the bad guys. Yep, yep, totally. Do you want to learn how to read? I, uh, he looks around. I, I would love to, actually. Okay, I'm going to try to teach him how to read a little bit. Okie doke. Yeah, uh, maybe like, uh, just like a straight intelligence check. All right, for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my heart and soul into this dice. Please work for me once. Oh, that was a two. A two. <laughs> I'm trying so hard, but it's just not getting through. Yeah, it's just not permeating his thick skull. <laughs> he's but just that's like, okay. He's like, I think you and me old teacher would get along. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm scared of old people. Is he, am I giving you gray hairs, too? No, it's okay. Well, I don't know what to, uh, don't know what to tell you, honestly. Teacher says I'm unteachable. That's not what Mr. Pinky says. Well, nobody's unteachable. Everybody just has a different way of learning. That's I what I tried telling her. I think that someday, if you look for it, you're going to find a way to learn. I hope that you do, and I hope you find something that you can actually be motivated by because this war is a waste of a lot of people who could be doing something else with their lives. Oh, I much agree. I'd much rather be, uh, I don't know, back in the homestead, farming corn. They're all ears. (laughs) 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 What could I say? I was outstanding in my field. (laughs) Uh, am i close enough to hear this so yes you can over you can eavesdrop yeah Yeah. you hear an audible like uh, (laughs) well i'm gonna just keep talking to this guy and getting to know him there's a point where he asks if you'd like to meet mr pinky yeah sure (laughs) he uh kind of looks around he kind of hunches over his satchel and like looks around, opens it up, and takes out a small, uh, crappy looking teddy bear. It's like missing a leg. Aww. He's like, This is your only friend in the world right now. Well, oh not gosh. counting yourself. <laughs> oh. Aww. You're my friend too. <laughs> What's your name? Is my name? You just call me B. B? Short for Brian. <laughs> well, hello, we gotta B. save Brian now. Then you see like big tears well up in his eyes as he comes over and gives you like a like a hug with uh, Mr. Pinky there. I'm gonna hug him back. He That's just, right, Sparrows. You don't get a hug, but he does. He's just like, well, Mr. Pinky approves of you, then I approve of you too, there, citizen. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just talk with him and I'm gonna make like various attempts throughout the time to try to like teach again. 
because that's kind of my solution is to just keep charging forward into a fence until it breaks. Well, and uh, education is the best way to fight ignorance, you know? Yeah. For, and for shizzle. So, and I, I have a soft spot for people with no education who are kind of just thrown into being soldiers. Totally. Yeah, he, uh, you know, you get the feeling he's kind of a kindred spirit. Well, I will spend the rest of the time with him. I will completely <laughs> forget about my mission. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and there's a there's a point where he just is completely ignoring the uh, the prisoners as he's like sitting there crisscross applesauce in full armor, like full plate armor, <laughs> like a triangle oh with you and him gosh. and Mr. Pinky talking to Mr. Pinky like he's like he's actually responding. I will talk to Mr. Pinky too. And say so, yeah, he just. Uh, just loves the shit out of Mr. Pinky. Oh, I will. I'm not crashing this airship anymore. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn these people and their sentimental backstories. <laughs> They're all humans. They're in the Golden Army, but they have hearts of gold. No, I found <laughs> a fellow. <laughs> I found a fellow dumbass to vibe with. <laughs> If Grandata sees this, she's going to pat the 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 history guy on the shoulder and say, "Hey, hey Bernard, Bernard. It, it looks like a friend over there could use a little help." Him? And then walk oh. away. He's helpless. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> and then walk away. Totally. Yeah, he just finds a. He pretty much switches from talking at you about giants and their history to talking <laughs> at one of the prisoners who just lays on his back and gets comfortable. A literal captive audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to just go over to the other sparrows that are not currently teaching someone to read and <laughs> just say, you know, and just spitball, you know, if if the lifeboats don't fly they do fall are we, are we going to be going over the factory in the airship you know it wouldn't be that hard to strap a tide pod bomb to a boat and drop it on the factory but I don't know that we're actually going to fly over the factory and that's the problem there and then oh, what do we man. do after that? Because I'm pretty sure as stealthy as we are, I'm not sure how inconspicuous we can be after that. <laughs> hey, so real quick, um, you guys would know that they're not so these ships kind of park outside of cities, kind of like a like a like a dock. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't fly over the city. So we just drop the lifeboats on random homesteads on the way to the city. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Just kidding. Never mind. Never mind. Don't, I didn't say anything. I need to know when we're like, I don't know, a minute, like when we're about to like dock because I want to do something. Yeah. Oh, uh, you'd see the city off in the distance. Kind of coming from this factory, you'd see a plume of smoke. I mean, pretty much the whole city at this point is covered very much like, um, I forget what city it was in China, but there's like just that ambient smoke. Same kind of deal. Yeah. Where it's just like this factory has been churning out smoke for so long that it just kind of lingers around the city, creating an almost like a fog. Uh, but yeah, there's a point where uh, 
you guys would, you know, the ship would stop midair and then start to descend. And as you look over the edge, you would see a dock, kind of like a big wooden staircase that would take you uh, from the side of the ship, kind of down a staircase and then down a plank or down, down like a little ramp down to the, uh, to the surface. Uh, before they uh, depart and stuff like that, uh, I want to draw like a little map for B if he ever wants to go to a safe place, if he ever wants to leave to a, like a little treehouse hut that I have for my little gremlin self. I would like to draw him a map if he ever wanted, you know, to go there and be safe with Mr. Pinky. He says, well, I'd love to. Now, uh, I'm afraid after this mission, I, I just got to escort these guards. Uh, you're supposed to take, you know, take guard duty with these prisoners, and then it's off to the front. But, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to give it to him is, anyway. Once all this is over, I'd love to meet you there. All right, I'm going to shake his hand and tell him it's a deal, and I, I hope that he's there, and I call him friend. Say, he doesn't shake your hand at first. He holds out Mr. Pinky and kind of like uses I, his thumb to move his little bear hand. I will shake Mr. Pinky's hand. Say, he just smiles like a big dumb smile and then rather than go for the handshake, gives you another hug. It says, sounds like a plan, friend. I give him like a little pat on the back. I love this man so much. <laughs> I, I, I will rejoin the sparrows now. For sure. And it is officially one minute until Doc. Uh, so first question, how exactly do the Tide Pods work again? I don't remember. Uh, so each one is, it's got like a, kind of like a Greek fire inside. Um, it's got a little wick that you light and then it's about 10 seconds to blow. So guys, I want to do something really dumb. Do it. I'm in. Okay, great. <laughs> <I'm here for> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> right. So um, I want to go to the captain. Yeah, and, he's um, there. Just kind of waving at people <clears throat> okay. with his hat. I need him to make a wisdom saving throw of 14. Let's see. And he's a halfling, so I get to re-roll ones. I got a 15. God damn it, motherfucker. All right, so he recognizes that he is attempt I attempted to charm him. He just kind of looks at you and he's like, mm, don't need magic for that. <laughs> Look, man. Oh my gosh, really, are you really, going to make it? really want that hat <laughs> like look i'd be willing to trade you i got something in my pocket <laughs> is it a pocket full of pocket full of sunshine uh no it's a piece of pig iron no. that you tried to give me it's oh yeah the contraband that's contraband yeah okay that actually tracks believe it or not <laughs> yeah we yeah. got Eight boxes of it under under the deck. Once all the passengers get off, I was gonna take the um, you know, have some of these guards stay back and and take it out for me. Straight to oh, the factory. Yep. We can go. Ah, my plan's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to kill a whole bunch of people, including can people that you like now. <laughs> can we? Can we hear him? Uh, I mean, he's. As soon as he talks, I would say yes, but as soon as he talks about the contraband, it's kind of more hushed. Okay, so would I have heard <sighs> the, the thing about the contraband? Uh, well, not, not unless you make a perception check. I'll go ahead and give it a shot. I do have something I'm willing to trade him for that hat, though. Oh! <laughs> I got a 19. Or no, 18. I'm sorry. 18? <laughs> yeah, you'd have been able to hear it. Okay, so... I'm gonna 
I'm gonna uh, suggest to the other sparrows, like, maybe we can try and convince him, have us guard it instead, and, like, say that we're mercenaries or something. I don't mm. know. And so we'll be able to waltz right into the factory. I like this plan. Amen. Totally. He says, now, what'd you have in mind for this old hat here? I have this lovely holy holy symbol. <laughs> He's like, holy symbol? Well, I don't see no holes. What <laughs> <laughs> kind of priest are you? I am stabbing him. <laughs> I'm going to stab him. Oh my god. I won't though. I won't do it. Uh yeah, it's okay. a it's a really it used to be really important to me, so um but I really, really like your hat, so Look, I, I, I'm not superstitious or anything. Admittedly, I am a little stitious, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to roll persuasion <laughs> to get this fucker to take this guy. Uh, that's a... Ooh. 19. He says, well, what can it do? It can protect you from danger. I, I like protection. Yeah, it actually glows <laughs> when, um, when something bad's about to happen. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Well, hot dog. Nia takes off his hat and bows, like very flourish like, and then extends it to you. Is he have a Thank bald you. spot? Uh, yeah, kind of like a Martin Luther bald spot, where it's like <laughs> right on the back of his head, you know? <laughs> like the crest of his head. So you, can, you can hide it with a tasteful comb over in the back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Uh, who was the one talking to the captain? Roxanne. Roxanne. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to uh, Roxanne and uh, like grab her pant leg with my grubby little hand and be like, hey, hey. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her my idea and look for validation. Uh, I give you a nod, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so. Okay, uh yeah, so we have a pl- we we are actually mercenaries. Can you believe that? I know a bunch of ladies being mercenaries. Turn right around. <laughs> we can yeah. actually guard that stuff for you, and then the guards could do something much more important. Uh, go ahead and roll persuasion. But oh, since yeah, you've sure. put in a lot of legwork to get on his good side, um, and get him to trust you and stuff, go ahead and do it with advantage. Like he feels like he'd be ready to trust you at this point with it. 17? 17? Yeah. yeah. He uh, he says, how much of a cut would you want? Each one of those boxes is worth 100 gold pieces. Easy. I could cut you in at 30%. Mm, yeah. Sure. That sounds great. Yeah. It's better Fabulous. than zero. Right? And he uh, just kind of comes up to shake your hand. as well, business partner. <laughs> I shake his little hand. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of warm and sweaty. Okay. <laughs> so As the ship <laughs> docks on the ground, <laughs> and the uh, they lower the gangplank, you know, connecting that to the the stairs, and um, pretty much people start unloading. So it'll take maybe forty five minutes for everybody to unload with all their stuff and say their goodbyes and all that. Prisoners are taken off the ship and escorted by the eight guards. Uh, Brian and Mister Pinky they would leave last. Maxine, you would see. Brian is there and he just kind of like waits for the prisoners to get off. And then he looks back at you longingly and he like waves Mr. Pinky's little bear hand. Goodbye. I wave back. I'm, I'm, I'm crying. I am. (laughs) 
and then he hears a bark of an order from a superior officer, quick, shoves the bear in his pouch, or in his satchel, and <laughs> snaps to attention and gets marching down the stairs. I will literally murder anybody who hurts him or Mr. Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, after about 45 minutes, um, you guys would see there is a, uh, essentially like these, these cargo, six cargo boxes are being loaded into a wagon. Um, the uh, captain vouches for you guys. Hugh Sunnybrow, he's like, yeah, you know, they're with me. Straight to the factory. Yeah. At this point, it would be uh, close to nightfall. Probably, you know, half hour from nightfall, which... By the time you make it from the ship to the factory, uh, it would be dark out. Uh, the factory being on the other side of the town. <clears throat> now, the streets right. here seem pretty barren. I mean, there's there's not a lot of people out. There's people that cover their face and they're hacking from all this smoke and fog. Yeah, the whole place just seems kind of downtrodden. Like, they're they're already tired of the war. Are we the only people with the wagon? Yes. Okay. So did the, the prisoners did the prisoners already go too? They did. Yep. Yep. They got okay. off before they unloaded the the contraband. Uh is the captain there or is it just us? He would have left he would have stayed back with the ship. Okay, okay. So I, I kind of have an idea. Let me know if it's bad. I was thinking that right before we get there, we we stuff the tide pods into the little wagons or crates or whatever. And then, but leave like the little fuses just barely sticking out. And then, once we get there, we like just throw them in, light them, and book it. For the record, that was actually the plan. If that fucker could get charmed, <laughs> I was going to make him go downstairs and blow the whole thing to smithereens. <laughs> oh, that would have been so awesome. <laughs> Including himself, because 10 oh. seconds is just not enough time. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if the captain was with us that uh, you could take him off and kill him because I know you want to ah, do that. Sorry, right. I got that. <laughs> so we want to basically Trojan horse this with the cart. Is that going to be enough to blow up the whole factory? Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking too. Probably not. Not just the cart because the factory is pretty big. I mean, it's size wise, it'd be about the size of like a football stadium, like in mm. surface area. That's our distraction uh, to get in the front door. To call yeah, yeah, ma'am. With the, the contraband, they'll let you right in. Yeah, uh, Captain Sinnebrow, he would have told you all about it. He says, basically, there's a back door uh, where they, they bring in the pig iron, and you just show them what you've got, and they'll let you right in, right under right under their noses, pretty much. So, and if we can get to, like, the heart of the factory, too, like, right in the center to cause that distraction. It's going to pull everyone into the center to allow us to kind of spread out a little bit. Mm -hmm. What if we uh, set off a few Tide Bombs there and then found like the supports for the factory? Because if we can hit the supports, then that would probably take it down faster. Or mm. perhaps we could find some equipment that perhaps once we blow it up, it creates an even bigger explosion. Uh, chain reaction type? Yes. Maybe a forge? Would that cause an explosion? Well, with I'm thinking with that much equipment that they're forging, they're doing weapons and all sorts of things, they probably have barrels of something explosive, probably just hanging around, just itching to be exploded and explode <laughs> some more. 
And there's yeah, probably has- lots of hot fires because they are going they are having to like melt things and solder and mold. So I'm sure we have a lot of equipment available to assist with the exploding. Yes. Yeah. So I don't uh, think we've said the word explode enough though. <laughs> Keep going. Explosion. <laughs> Expl- <laughs> So, one more time, one more time for posterity. Come on, explode, <laughs> explode, explode, explosions. On so, three, two. one, two, three, explode. explode. <laughs> We're such a well-oiled machine. What's the plan? I have a nine intelligence. I need it laid out. I think we need to get inside as we are. Let's see what's there, because mm-hmm. kind of what's around is going to determine what we can do. Yeah. Okie doke. Well, uh, you guys were able to make it around back to the uh, to the back door. Um, essentially, it's like a big gate that kind of slides uh, slides open on rollers. As you go inside, you'd see about a hundred workers there. Uh, at the center of this place is a huge forge, and the forge itself is covered in runes. It's kind of a uh, like a Bessemer Bessemer process looking forge, kind of an egg shape with a uh, with mm-hmm. a spout at the top, and. Um, <clears throat> This thing is is huge. I mean, it it goes from the floor all the way up to the ceiling. You would see a wizard working on this forge, kind of like recasting the runes um, to make sure it's up to snuff. As the wagon comes in, the wizard would come over and kind of stop what he's doing and come over and introduce himself. He says, hello, I am Aris the Stupendous. It's so nice to see you. I suppose you've brought more th- the goods. And he winks at you. Of course. Oh, we got the goods all right. Wonderful. And he uh, snaps his fingers and um, several like blue hands kind of materialize as he uh, just kind of like these big blue, kind of like the genie from Aladdin. Big blue hands start taking the uh, the crates, kind of taking off the, uh, it's like they rip off the top and then these <laughs> pieces of uh, pig iron just start kind of flying out and into the forge. You guys would see these uh, brittle kind of white, light blue pieces of pig iron go inside the forge and the forge, the runes light up and it's an alchemical kind of a magical process lights up and then kind of sliding out the other end, you'd see uh, red hot steel. It's kind of an alchemy process. You you put in this really shitty iron and out pops like ready to go steel. That's kind of smart. So as We've we've come inside and you said there are about a hundred people there. Yep. Is is there any way to tell how many of those people are prisoners that have been forced into labor? Uh yeah. Yeah. So one thing you would notice about these prisoners is that they all seem pretty like content. You know, they all look like they've been pretty well fed, considering. And they're all like doing a pretty decent job. Aris would ask you guys as you're kind of surveying the place, uh, you'd see that this whole factory is like 90% of it's on one level. And then there's a iron staircase that leads up to a second floor where it's like a room kind of suspended above the factory with large glass windows that can look out over it. And uh, standing in the window in a very fine suit, you would see a uh, elderly tiefling, kind of a dark blue purplish skin, uh, two horns kind of curling out from his graying black hair and a thick mustache. And uh, he's just kind of watching out and he sees you guys come in, sees you talking with Aris. And uh, you hear a loud, a loud horn as he uh, signals break time for the workers. So pretty much the whole factory comes to a stop and the workers are allowed to like stretch and kind of walk around and 
shoot the breeze with each other for about five minutes. There's can something I, going on here. Can I roll Arcana to see if um, I know that this is a magic spell being used on these people? Absolutely, yeah. 19. 19? You can tell that there is no magic at play in terms of mind control or charming effects. Huh. Interesting. I feel like we've there's something here we're not seeing. I'm a little hesitant now to blow this place up. I say, Aris would uh, ask you guys, he says, well, in terms of payment, I, uh, I'm i not sure what the going rate is. Of course, my boss, uh, 30%. Mr. Falcon. 30%, of course, but 30% of what? Didn't you say like 100 gold per crate? Yeah, one of these bad boys is uh, 100 gold a piece. Yeah. Is, yeah, well, yeah. I'd heard it was 120, in which case, you know, economy and all that. Well, if you want to pay 120, that's cool. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Mr. Falcon would oblige. He just kind of smiles at you. He says, come, come, we'll negotiate the price in the meeting room. Are we going to go meet him? Because I want to show him a card trick. As well, that would be most lovely. He always likes to spend some time with the help. I could totally show him a card trick. I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but. <laughs> no yeah so he'll uh he'll lead you to uh, like a what looks like a boardroom on the first floor kind of off and away uh in the boardroom the first thing you would notice is a long mahogany table with about a half like, about a dozen chairs you would see uh mr falcon the, the owner of the factory montgomery falcon um he just kind of like materializes into the chair at the head of the table and offers you guys a seat as these uh, kind of silver and gold goblets and chalices are filled up with wine. Kind of like a magical enchantment on them. Behind him, you would see a huge portrait of the former king of the Golden Empire, uh, Eladio. Kind I'm of in a regal sit- Napoleonic pose type. I'm going to sit down, but I'm not going to drink the wine because I'm, I'm a little sus about any food or drink I'm given. But I'm going to pull out my cards and start trying to do a card trick for him. Excellent. He just kind of leans forward and gives you like a kind grandfatherly smile. And says, oh, <laughs> card magic. I haven't seen a trick like this in ages. Just come. Let's see what you've got. All right. What do you want me to roll for it? Slate a hand. That is an eight. An eight. Yeah, we'll say <laughs> uh, it's one of those things like when you go for the whole, is this your card? It's like not his <laughs> card, but he's going to play along. <laughs> like, oh, you got it. You are quite the I- wizard. I'm so proud of myself, <laughs> not realizing my failure. <laughs> As you should be, young one. Just keep at it. Like my father once said, when we moved here to this great city, when I was just a pup, persistence is key. So yes. I'm going to gesture towards the portrait of the old king, and I'm going to tell him, um, <clears throat> interesting, uh, interesting painting you have there. Eladio, not the new king? Well, I knew Eladio back when I was just starting my business. As a young blacksmith, I made many of the uh, weaponry that you will see now in the palace. As I got to know the old man, he was somewhat of a mentor for me. I'm going to speak to him in Infernal. Excellent. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the new one? He, uh kind of looks at you and turns his head and gives you a smile. He says, in, 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 he says back in Infernal, how do you speak our tongue? It's not a common thing around here, in these parts. I'm not really a common girl. Hmm. <laughs> I got nothing else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. 
at that, he uh, kind of winks at Aris, and Aris nods, and uh, casts Telepathic Bond on all of you guys, so you can Ooh. all speak telepathically. And then he casts Silence on the room afterwards, so that you can't be spied upon. Interesting. Uh, at this point, he says he was uh, fiercely loyal to the late king, and he's long suspected that there was some foul play involved with his death at the library. We've been set up. Who's going to tell him? Are you thinking that in our telepathic bond? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It, in my mind, I'm going to say, you know, there are rumors around. Disturbing rumors, as a matter of fact. Oh, that the young pup that calls himself king is the one that did it? Oh, so you've heard the rumors. I have heard, yes. But without proof, I, they just remain rumors, I suppose. And he says, look, I know the score. I've had assassins before. He says, before you kill me, there's something you have to know. And he uh, kind of leans forward. He puts both his elbows on the table, cups one hand in the other, and kind of leans forward and just kind of looks at you guys and tells you telepathically. He says, I would be, honestly, very upset if anything left this factory in a usable condition. Okay, I'm going to raise my hand. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to ask if you sent out the information to have us brought here. There's what information? All I did was pass a few messages through the right channels and... You know, I've consolidated my weapons empire. Started off with one black with one uh, blacksmithy forge, and now I control basically all of the Golden Empire's weapons production. How could that be a problem? And he just smiles at you. Um, I'm going to say an infernal inside my own mind that he needs to leave the premises so that he doesn't get injured from yeah. one. <clears throat> from one demon lover to another. <laughs> so he smiles, and because you're speaking Infernal, you're automatically his favorite. Uh, kind of the, the father tongue, or the mother tongue. And he turns to you and says, well, I'm afraid I just can't do that. You see, that would that would disrupt the great scheme. Mm, maybe I'm not following. And Aris just kind of gives him a worried look, like, are we really going to tell these guys about it? And uh, Tiefling smiles nods and he says look when i came here when my family came here we were refugees typhoon had hit on the coast and we didn't have a copper to our names fortunately i was able to build a life here it's been my mission to extend that same promise to others he says now the uh, the runes you may have noticed on our forge were learned by aris the giant runes and they are tough nut to crack for any spellcaster aris is truly a master at his work uh, you could say he's 18th level, in fact. Jump <laughs> <laughs> <Jones> a wizardry. <laughs> a scale of 1 to 20 is a solid 18. <laughs> and so he uh, goes on to explain how, essentially, there's like an alchemical enchantment. As soon as you put the pig iron in, it spits out steel. But there is a secondary enchantment that is added on to this newly forged steel. And that is this, that any weapon or armor that is made out of this metal has 1d12 swings in combat. After that, it breaks and becomes completely irreparable. So he's purposely making shitty weapons and armor. And because it's random and it's 1d12, 
and it's uh, based in pig iron, he basically can use that as the scapegoat if anyone ever comes back to him on it and says, oh, my weapon broke. He says, well, it's made out of pig iron. What'd you expect? You know? I'm going to raise my hand again, and I'm going to ask him if he wants to stay here and die, basically. Well, once again, I, I, I cannot allow you to destroy my factory. Right, right. He says, we're doing I too much it. good for the war effort here. You know, using ma- the magic that he does have would materialize a, uh, essentially a contract out of his hand. And he slides it across the table to you guys as he has bought property in the, su- like just a mess load of property in the Southern Island continent of Ghostrin. Um, essentially he would continue to inform you. So his plan here, basically every single person that works in this factory was set to be executed. And he instead has intervened and brought them to his factory to keep them alive and keep them working. So they're all in on the great scheme. They all know exactly what the score is, which is produce crappy weapons for the bad guys so that the good guys can eventually win. Um, And since they're the only providers, essentially like, you know, these crappy weapons are going to be infused in the entire golden army, crappy weapons and armor. Now the cost of this land is essentially he's, taking every penny he earns out of this factory and using it to buy land so that after the war he can relocate all these prisoners and refugees down there for a fresh start. Okay, so I don't think we should blow up this factory or kill him then. Gosh dang it, we weren't yeah. supposed to like him. I He's was making I, a really good case for himself, guys. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to blow up the factory too, but uh, can I do an insight real quick to see if this is deception? Absolutely. That's a two, I don't know anything. Yeah, it seems perfectly uh, honest. I'll make an insight roll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a plus five, so it's got to be higher than a two at least. That's a <laughs> 17. Yeah, it seems perfectly honest. Okay, okay. And while in, I can talk Infernal to him one more time, I'm going to be like, do you, do you think you have a spy here? Or are we here because you wanted us to know the truth? I don't think I have a spy. I know that I have a spy. He says there's a rival wizard, Evilia Brolrid, who has sent a couple of scab workers in here pretending to be political prisoners, trying to steal the secrets of our forge. And I believe she's dangerously close to finding out our secret. So we get to kill someone, but it's not We need to kill him. Look, if you end up killing her, I I won't lose any sleep over it. But really what it is, is her document. She's, you know, taken drawings and sketches and uh, of these runes. And I, I believe that she's very close to finding out what we're up to, at which point every one of these prisoners and myself will likely be executed. Well, we can't let that happen, Monty. Now can we? No. So we kill a wizard. No, we just steal her things. No, we, we just And then her. kill her. And then kill her. <laughs> Explosions. Yes. Yeah, we, we can steal her things and then explode her. Heck yeah. Mm. Well, he uh, he just smiles and says, seems like we've reached an agreement then. We'll take our payment now. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> going rate for these, uh, each container, each shipment of this pig iron is uh, 120 gold pieces. But you went through quite a lot of trouble to get it, didn't you? You could say a moderate amount. Yeah. Yeah, I had to do some really creepy crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose yeah. 150 would suffice for your trouble. I mean, that sounds fair to me. Yeah, that's cool yeah. with me. It's wonderful. And he smiles and says, we'll get it on the books, have it to you uh, within the hour. 
says now uh Evilia Brulrid, her uh wizard tower burned down a couple of weeks ago and so she's made her new tower in an abandoned church on the west end of town interesting can you tell us anything else about it uh well she has a group of tenku that um guard the place and keep an eye on her kind of do her bidding her her munchkins her minions whatever you call them she as well has two elementals that answer at her beck and call they'd be tinto and fues and she does have just the worst temper is there anything special about her minions uh, the fire elementals or the Kenku? The Kenku. Um, just that, I mean, they're pr- they're, there's pretty much, like, they're as low as it gets. Yeah, they pretty much do anything for money. <laughs> anything for money, you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but you did such a great job seducing the captain. Yeah, he was at least kind of cute. In a smarmy <laughs> kind awesome. of way. She would do anything for arson, but she won't do that. all right well uh with that he um kind of stands up and toasts in silence you know because the whole place has silence cast on it but telepathically it would say like to the future of the golden empire and all of her inhabitants to the future of the golden empire and i don't drink i'm drinking out of my flask they with that uh aris is gonna drop the silence drop the telepathic enes Telepathic bond, that's what it was. It's going to drop telepathic bond, drop silence. <laughs> so how far is it to this abandoned church from here? Oh, about a ten minute walk. All right. Would you ladies like to change into your armor? Yes. Yes. And head on out? Let's do it. At this point, it would be probably about 10 o'clock at night. You guys are able to get into your armor well enough. Can I have a stealth check from everybody? We'll say that the fog and the darkness are going to give you advantage on this. Because it would be much easier to do this. Woo! Uh, nat situation. 20! Nice. Also oh. nat 20. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. That is a 17 for me. 17, good. 26. 26? Yeah. Yeah, so you guys are able to sneak around the rooftops of the city easy enough until you find the abandoned church. You would hear a woman screaming, just cursing, like, inside, like, basically <laughs> frothing at the mouth as you hear a pachow, and the whole place lights up for a moment. Then she curses again. You'd hear a pachow, and the whole place lights again, lights up again and dies down, and she just continues saying just the saltiest language. <laughs> There'd be two Kenku guards outside, each one armed with a spear. Uh, they're keeping guard at the front door of the abandoned church. Can we see her through any windows? Uh, yes. You guys would be able to see a uh, a woman. She's got kind of long, black, curly hair. Probably about five foot six, from what you would guess. And it looks like she is, she's got a couple of people tied up. And she um, is trying to essentially use the runes and trying to identify them. And it's like so well warded that when she does that, the person just disintegrates. Ooh. She's oh, like, God damn it! Another! She calls up another prisoner. Okay. And tries the magic a, again and ciao. I have a longbow, so I could probably set myself up somewhere, you know, shoot her. Well, how do we want to do this? Guns blazing going in, or we want to sneak <laughs> around, or <laughs> pay off the Kenku to just ditch the place? I will follow your guys' lead. I'm thinking the less people we have to deal with, the better. 
So am yeah. I. And the less commotion we make, the better, at least for now, so we can keep our advantage on her. Yes. So who wants to go bribe some guards? <laughs> I mean, I have a plus seven persuasion. Unless somebody's got one higher than me. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, really? I've been, wow. I've been doing I it thought, with a plus two, so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the bard would have had more than me. So I guess I'll, I'll, guess I'll, I'll volunteer as tribute to bribe the guards to go take a walk or something. Totally. Yeah, so um, uh, so you make your way up to them. They both immediately notice you and uh, kind of get on edge as one of them. Now, Kenku have a like a racial thing where uh, their race was cursed by the god that they used to worship. And so pretty much when they open their mouth, like they can't say anything. They can only repeat what they've heard. So okay. they open their beak and it's like someone else's voice comes out. Okay, I'm going to approach them with pretty much like, hey, what's up, my man? What is good? I'm going to be pretty loose. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. I'm scared, but I'm going to go for it. One of them kind of looks at you, opens his beak, and he's like, Hey, not much. (laughs) I'm going to be like, hey, what's up? I want to talk to you. So, I heard that you would like some money. He opens his beak. Is this correct? Money? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna try to come at this like a used car salesman. I'm gonna be like, yes, money, and I'm gonna strike like a weird pose where I'm like giving a thumbs up. They both look at each other, and the other one opens his beak. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> yes. So I have an offer for you, and it's so easy as well. You don't even have to do like any work. Would the, you like uh, to hear it? <laughs> they're, they're listening yeah okay. have your attention so i will give each of you each of you 10 gold pieces to go down by the dock and there will be a man on a ship called the blue flame and he's got a bald spot in the back of his head and i want you to go there and bully him <laughs> they both look at each other again and one of them opens his beak, and he's like, Hey, punk, give me your money! And the other one opens his beak and says, Like that? Yeah, basically. <laughs> just, But even meaner. Like, say whatever the hell you want, man. You you have no limit. Say the first one opens his beak, and he's like, You're not the person your dog thinks you are. Yes, that is really cruel, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're aiming for. <laughs> they opens so his beak fellas. again. And he's like, if you were on fire and I had a glass of water, I would drink it. Yes, we are doing fantastic. So, fellas, do we have a deal? Go ahead and roll persuasion. But since you're bribing them, do it with advantage. They are very All motivated right. by money. That is a uh, 25. That, yeah, they uh, both yeah. hold out their hands like <laughs> cupping water for their, uh, their yeah. gold pieces. I will rain that gold down. It's like, <laughs> it's the money. They both like immediately just shove it in their pockets and look at each other and do like the, you know, like that handshake and alien where like Arnold and, and what's his name were like, you son of a bitch. And they do the handshake. <laughs> yeah. And the they do that. And then they, er, predator. Yeah. That's what it was. What did I say? Yeah. Predator. <laughs> alien. It's okay. Oh, we understood. Yeah. I, fi- yeah, I figured that, that was what you're talking about. And they take off running down the street. I'll turn back to look at the others and give like thumbs up like. Look who's the boss, and I'm going to flex. I'm going to give tribute to Big Boots. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to give thumbs up and mouth. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy now. And I'm going to I'm going to very uh, softly whisper, where's Sheetha's? I'm, uh, right. I'm going to put my hat on and um, and finger bang in her direction. Like, yes. And I'm going to give a thumbs up back because I don't know how to respond to a finger gun. <laughs> I think I, we got I all the homages you. in there now. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to do an electric air guitar. <laughs> totally. Are we ready to go well, in and murder a woman? Yep. Murder. Murder. Yeah. So how murder. many people did we see inside that were like tied up? Uh about a dozen. Tw- t- Twelve about to fifteen. God. <laughs> well, she's a lot just more than I great old time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I was going right. to ask, did we see anybody else in there besides her and the prisoners? Uh, she also has her two water, her, her two elementals there. One's a water elemental, one's a fire elemental. They just kind of follow right at her heels. Well, I assume if we kill her, then they'll scatter. Let's just kill her. Yeah, Is let's that go good? all in. Yeah. All right. I like that plan. Yeah. Okay, Hopefully right. she's not a level 18 wizard. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I chuckle We'd nervously. be real screwed. <laughs> right, well, as you guys enter, immediately an alarm would start going off as uh, one of the Kenkus kind of turns his head and he opens his beak and he's like, Intruders! We got intruders up in this business! <laughs> <laughs> More Kenku inside? Yes, yeah, she's got a couple, uh, couple of bodyguards in there. Gotcha. I'm gonna flash the Kenku of peace sign. <laughs> roll, roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> like peace, not in my sanctum. <laughs> Thirteen for Roxanne. Twenty-four for Data. Oh, go ahead. So each. Oh, 20 sorry. Twenty. Twenty-four for Liliaxis as well. Excellent. Twenty-one. Fabulous. All right, and I got a 15, so they're near the end of the round, but not last. Uh, so, Lily Axis, you're the first to react. I am going to use Vicious Mockery. All right, so Wisdom Save. She got an yep, 18. Beautiful. Okay, she passed. She didn't feel upset about me calling her a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just like I've heard worse. <laughs> okay, uh, so as a bonus action, I'm gonna cast Bardic Inspiration on Grindea. Okay, excellent. Cool. Yes, Grindea, that's an extra D6 on any attack roll, save, or skill check. Um, so who do we see right now in our vicinity? Is it a, an enclosed room or is it like one big open space? Essentially, it's one big open space. This was an abandoned church. And it's like all the pews have been taken out. And so it's like a big kind of open space. Looks like a, like a wizard laboratory type. How close are we to the nearest Kenku? You said there's two of them there? Yep. Yep. How, Maybe how about 15 feet away. About 15 feet away. Okay. So I'm going to go to the nearest Kenku, I guess, and go ahead and take out my short sword and slash at him. Excellent. Yeah. Go ahead and roll that attack roll. That will be a 15 to hit. That'll hit. All right, cool. Yeah, so you slash into his black feathers. That'll Kenku, be... Essentially, they're like raven people. Yeah, that'll be for seven points of piercing damage. Nice. 
And then I'm gonna use my unarmed, my, uh, what is it, martial arts to do as a bonus action an unarmed strike. And that, that will be a 26 to hit. That'll hit even harder. Yeah. <laughs> For uh, eight bludgeoning damage. Excellent. So a slash and a thwap. Yep. With your fist of fury. Yes. Come up with my my palm and smack him in the beak. Heck yeah. Yeah, we'll say it uh, kind of like bites down on his tongue a little bit. He lets out a yelp. His tongue, his little pink tongue kind of slithers back inside of his beak. <laughs> Heck yeah. After Grindata, then we have Maxine. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna take out my longbow and I'm gonna aim for the wizard lady. And real quick, just a refresher. So when I use the longbow, it's got the plus right next to it. Is there anything else I add or is that all? Oh, nope, that's all. That's your weapons attack mod, or like to hit. Um, Some people call it like attack bonus. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yep, of course. That's an 11. Yeah, so that misses. So we'll say like your arrow kind of twangs out of the bow and she's able to sidestep and it just kind of hits the wall behind her and she smiles. Um, she's got uh, kind of long curly black hair and uh, dressed in like a uh, like a mage's robe, like a deep purple. She's like, you'll pay for that! Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, can I use, I think I'll go with the action surge uh, and do uh, additional attack. Excellent, yeah, go ahead and roll that. Oh, that was a lot better. Uh, that's a 22. That'll do it, yes. 10. 10 damage? Yep. Excellent. Yeah, that one hits her, we'll say, right in the shoulder as she just kind of grits her teeth and, like, tries to rip the arrow out. All right. Come on, you can do better than that. That's that's it for me. There we go. After Maxine, then we have the bad guys. So, um, Kenku is going to take a swing at Grindata with his short sword. Ooh, that's a 24 to hit. (laughs) <laughs> That'll hit for six damage. The other gang, the other Kenku is going to come to the aid of his buddy and also take a swing at you. Nice. Okay. With a eighteen to hit. That will also hit for uh, that'd be seven damage this time. Okay. Yeah, they're kind of like ganging up on you. They're like <laughs> burp, 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 burp. very bird-like. Nice. Okay. Uh, and then Ivilia. She is going to uh, cast Fireball. Oh, God. At fifth level. Oh, God. (laughs) Ouchie. Right at the entrance of this place, yeah. Uh, So I need all of you guys to make a dexterity saving throw. Fifteen. Dirty 20. That's a 22. Seventeen. 17? Good. So you guys all make it. Um, so you'll only be taking half damage then. Uh, so that would be 42 Ooh. and half would be 21 damage. Now, Holy cinematic wise, you know, she points her two fingers at the door and kaplow. And uh, you guys being like stealthy rogues that you are, are all able to kind of like dodge out of the way of this fireball as it explodes. Looks like very like, I don't know, spy, very like kind of almost like slow-mo as you guys all dodge out of the way. And like this fire is just behind you. Kind of the cool guys don't look at explosions kind of deal. Ow. Like, yeah. He just Ow. cackles wildly. <laughs> he says, you come here. 
to try and disrupt my work when I'm so close to figuring out what that old fool's spell is. And then just last in the round, we have Roxanne with a 13. Is she within 120 feet? Absolutely. Okay. 14 hit her with an Eldritch Blast. That will not. Okay, I get two of them, so... One misses? Yeah, just misses. 15. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, 15 meets. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow. And uh, she's going to take six, eight, nine damage. Nice. But yeah, so that one will say hits her right in the chest as she brings her, kind of her off hand up to try and absorb some of the pain. She drops to a knee. She says, there's money to be made in this war, and I'll see that I have mine. You will not stop my work. I meant to ask before, and we may have all forgotten about it, but we do have the potions. Do you work that as a bonus action to drink the potion or not? I think rules is written. It's an action, but yeah. that, that never sat right with me. So we're going to say it's a bonus action. I was going to say, as I DM, I allow it as a bonus action. So I just didn't know if that was house rule either. So Yeah, like I've seen enough movies where a person's doing something else while they're drinking something else. So like... It'll be fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna drink this version. Um, shit, son. Two. Heck yeah. And I got six. Okay, what is it? Six and then seven, eight. Okay, eight, eight healing. Woohoo! Now the uh, after your turn, the two elementals are gonna spring into action. Um, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so the water elemental gets two slam attacks. I'm going to roll a d4 to see who it comes after. One, two. Coming after Grindata. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> so slam and slam. That's a 10 and an 18. The 18 hits. All right. So yeah, he just kind of comes up and like hip checks you with his malicious water for 10 damage. I am down. Damn. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Fire Elemental. Coming after Maxine. I think it. <laughs> fire Elemental makes a touch attack. Uh, essentially, it's like fire dance. Like, he's just like touching you with his fire. First is a 7. Second is a 15. Okay, the 15 hits. The other one does not. Alright, so he reaches out and touches you for 10 fire damage. Again. Then the round resets to Lily Axis. How far is she from us? Uh, probably about 35 feet. Well, you guys, I guess you guys would have gone in, so she'd be about 30 feet away. Okay. I'm going to try to cast Sleep on her. She is going to counterspell. Oh, no. <laughs> DC is 10 plus the spell's level. So what level are you casting it at? Um... Probably just first level. Okie doke. So, DC 11, and I got a nat 20 on the dice. What? <laughs> yeah, so you go to cast sleep, and it's like kind of like the Sandman sand comes out, and she yeah. just casts, almost like a shield, just completely swaps, like swipes it away. She's like, you'll come into my factory, my sanctum, and think you can put me to sleep? I'll put you to sleep permanently. <laughs> Any other stuff? Uh, as a bonus action, I will give Bardic Inspiration to Maxine. Okie doke. Alright, so there's Lily Axis. Now, Grindata, on your turn, I need you to make a death saving throw. Nice. 
Mm, that's going to be a fail. That was a four. It's f- fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> you could get a nat 20 on the next one. You'll be fine. Totally fine. Yeah. Heck yeah. Do have a healing have- potion in my pocket. Then we have Maxine. Is Grindata next to me? Uh, yeah, she'd be within 10 feet. Can I move to her, shove her healing potion down her throat as a bonus action, and then shoot at the wizard witch lady again? Absolutely, yeah. So it'd be move to get over to her, bonus action for the potion, and then your action would be the attack? Absolutely. Alright, I will do that then. Rise and be healed. Who rolls for the healing potion? Yeah, who, who rolls for that? <laughs> Uh, since you're the one pouring it in her in her mouth, we'll have you roll it. Okay, what's the uh, what's the dice I use? Two D four plus two. That's seven. seven. Nice. I'm Pretty not good. dead. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I'm not dead. Nice. nice. <laughs> Just mostly dead. Which means partly <laughs> alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna uh, shoot the mean lady. Excellent. Go ahead and make your roll. What does Bardic Inspiration do again, real quick? Gives you a plus a d6 to the, uh, any d20 result. I will go ahead and use that uh, Bardic Inspiration then. Excellent. 15. That'll do it. Yep. That's four. Four. Okie doke. Now, uh, at this point, it is her turn. Can I have each of you guys roll Arcana? 17. Uh, 18. 11. I I have apparently forgotten everything I know. I rolled a (laughs) 7. Arcana, what's that? (laughs) Roxanne, you failed, right? I would assume with a 7. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I, I should ask. I'm hard at telling voices apart, but I don't see see you guys talking. Who who was the... uh, So who all succeeded? Grandata got a 17. I'm okay. guessing that succeeds. Yeah. Maxine got an 18. Okay. And then Liliax has got an 11, which I assume does not pass. It does not. Oof. You guys, uh, the two that passed would see your weapons start to kind of shimmer with a magical energy. And uh, Roxanne, you would feel something in your pocket grow heavy. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, those two that succeeded, you guys would recognize this spell. It's called Crusader's Mantle. Uh, you radiate mm-hmm. holy power, causing all non-hostile creatures within 30 feet of you to inflict an extra 1d4 radiant damage whenever they hit with a weapon attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, so your your bows, uh, your short sword, all that kind of starts to glow with the holy energy as uh, the witch looks terrified. She's going to cast magic missile. She's going to come after Roxanne with her magic missiles. Ooh. Bitch. 11 damage. As three missiles strike you in the chest. Just really take the wind out of your sails for a minute. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then we have Roxanne. Ah, oh, god damn it. Man, there's some shit that I want to do. Uh, so I'm going to reach in my pocket and go, boy, am I glad I brought that sling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to throw this fucking pig hour now. Let's see if I can hit her, though. That'd be great. Nice. Uh, oh, uh, I think I hit her because it's like a 21. Yeah, that'll hit her. Yeah. Okay. 
And then regular damage is a d4, so that's... Wow, that sucks. Uh, three, so five, and then whatever, I get the extra. So seven altogether, seven damage. But I no longer have the pig iron. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, whatever oh, no. will I do? Shoot. Oh, no. You'd see that your holy symbols found its way back into your pocket as well. And that it's kind of gl- like kind of glowing, <laughs> like emanating with this holy light. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Then last we have the elementals. Oh god. So she is going to command her elementals to attack. At which point you guys would see kind of a magical kind of like a um what's the word? Like an energy kind of surrounding them. Kind of start to flicker a little bit as the fire elemental and the water elemental look at each other and they look at her and they just pause. She commands them to attack again and they just kind of stand there. Heck yeah. Lily Axis, back to you. Alright. Um I am going to What's the closest elemental to me? Uh that would be the water elemental, we'll say. Okay. Um I'm gonna attack with uh my rapier. A 19. Uh, to hit the elemental? Yep. Yeah, that'll hit. Sick. Alright. So that is 4 plus 3, 7 piercing. Got it. Yeah, so you slash right into it with your rapier. Now, as you slash into it, because your weapon is non-magical, uh, you feel like it didn't do as much as it as it would have. Like, it kind of slashes through and the water kind of reconfigures itself. Um, as the elemental looks back at you, looks at um, looks at Avilia, and looks back at you, kind of like it's not sure what to do. Um, we have sneak attack still, right? Yes. Yep. That's uh, all right. always on as a rogue right. feature. Yep. You can use it every every round. Sick. Okay, so I'm gonna do my extra d6 damage. An additional four damage. Well, real quick. So sneak attack, yep. you have to be sneaking or have advantage for that Got to be it. on. Now, so if I, there's I should... somebody, yeah, I was going to say, if one of your allies or their enemies is within five feet of them, you also get sneak attack on them, even if you don't have advantage. But yep. you have okay. to have an enemy or a, an ally gotcha. or whatever. Gotcha. Which, at, at this point, Grindata would be five feet away since the water elemental downed her. And Maxine, because um, she was right next to me. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I guess, yeah, so you you would have uh, the sneak attack damage. That was an extra seven, you said? Extra four. As a bonus action, I'm going to cast my last Bardic Inspiration on Roxanne. And as a reminder, this lasts for ten minutes, so it's pretty much good all combat. Excellent. Heck yeah. Well, thank you. After uh, after Lily Axis, then we have Grindata. The prisoners that are in this room... You said there's about 20 of them. How are they? Are they shackled, tied up? How are they? Yep, they're all shackled together. Okay, I I don't think I have thieves tools on me. I have proficiency with thieves tools, but I don't think I have a set on me. So, I'm thinking 
like, hey guys, there's 20 other people in this room. If somebody can get them uh, unchained, I got a crowbar in my bag they can use. And I am going to, because there's still the two Kenku that are right next to us, right? There are, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, the one that I already slapped in the beak, basically, I am going to hit him with my short sword. And that's going to be a god math. 23 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. All right. That'll, that'll so, connect. So I'm going to do, and I get sneak attack for that since Maxine's right here as well, right? Yes. Awesome. 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 Let me roll all my dice. Okay. So that's going to be three, seven, 12, 13 damage to that guy total. That kills him. All right. Good riddance. And then I'm going to, I'm going to use a key point to, for patient defense and use the dodge action. Excellent. And that will be my turn. Heck yeah. After Grandata, then we have Maxine. Okie dokie. So bonus action, I will use the second wind thing. One, once per short rest, you can use a bonus action to regain 1d10 plus 2 HP. So that is an extra 7. And then I will take a shot at her again and use my sneak attack thing again. Or, this is the first time I'm using it. Yeah, go ahead and take the shot, yo. I don't think are any of us within five feet of her. I mean, it would be great if we were and she could sneak attack her, but I don't know that we are, are we? Uh, no, she I would be. Was. She would be a little ways away. She's pretty much just been sniped out up to this point. Now, if you hide, though, well, I guess you already bonus action. Um, I did, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this would just be a straight attack roll. All right. Well, uh, I got a sixteen on it. Yeah, that'll still get there. <laughs> that is another eleven. 11 damage? Yeah. At uh, at this point, um, your arrow strikes her right in the oh. heart as she lets I, out a scream. I did actually forget to add that extra uh, radiant damage thing. Oh, that's... I mean, she's dead anyway. Okay. <gasps> is she really? Yeah. Yeah, strikes her in the heart. She lets out a scream, which... Uh, <laughs> Man! Which shakes Blow the foundations. <laughs> and uh, at this point, the water elemental is going to slide right on out of there down into the sewers in the street. And the fire elemental is going to jump straight up and set the rafters on fire. And within seconds, this entire place is burning. Well, everybody out. <laughs> we did achieve fire. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We do have another Kenku in there, and he's like the lone baddie in there. Well, I mean, right? he doesn't have any reason to stay or yeah. attack us. Yeah, he's getting the, he getting the heck out of there. Yeah. I'm going to... All right. Use an attack of opportunity to <laughs> kick him in the shins as he goes by. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so real quick, Maxine, also, um, I need you to roll a perception check. Yep, doodles. That is crisp seven. Seven? Yeah, so we'll say that um, you kind of slide on the, uh, the water elemental for a minute as you're making your way out. But uh, as you're leaving, your eyes are drawn to one of the tables in the corner. And you see a prototype weapon on the table. I'm yoinking it. <laughs> All right. Add shoulder-mounted cannon to your character. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> yeah! 
That's sick. Incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'm assuming we're out of combat. We're not in like turns or anything. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna sit there and tell. Hey, sparrows! Anybody wanna um come release some prisoners real quick? Oh yeah, yes. we should drag them out. I'm just gonna grab them by chains and start hauling them out because I got great strength. Yeah, they <laughs> they eagerly run behind you as the place just gets destroyed uh, all around you guys. I'm gonna chuck a couple tide bombs in there just for good measure. Yeah, they they go straight off. Just pow pow. Um, I mean, within two minutes, the entire place is lit up, and uh, you hear the the fire bell going off, which is the 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 signal to Amsgray. All right, time to run. Totally. Well, we'll say you guys are able to make it back to the factory. They would put you guys up for the night. You know, while all of this kind of cools down, you would have heard afterwards that every everything inside the abandoned church was destroyed. I mean, there was nothing salvageable. Yes. Uh, so, mission accomplished. And I got a shoulder-mounted cannon. I'm so happy. That's now, incredible. Uh, <laughs> we'll say it, it'll take about a week for the city to die down long enough to, to sneak you guys out. You know, Aris would bid you guys, give you guys his best, and Montgomery Falcon would um, kind of walk out to the, the wagon that's going to take you out of Indiglis as he um, tells you guys telepathically that it was a pleasure to meet you, that he, he wishes the true queen his best. In the time before we leave the city, I'm going to be studying, just looking at our weapons and like my fists and just that light and that extra damage. It's just going to puzzle me. Is there any way to have any idea where that came from? Yeah, go ahead and roll religion. Perfect. That's (laughs) going to be a four. A four. Here, since you have time to... You have time to work on it. Go ahead and roll it with advantage. Nice. You'd have about a week to ponder this mystery. All right. Well, that's going to be a 13. Slightly 13. better. Yeah. So uh, you would know that this kind of magic is usually doled out by Phoebrus, who is the god of light. His symbol is the sun. Essentially, Roxanne has been very adamant about getting rid of her old patron. <laughs> meaning that she is patron and wise, now single. And Thebus is looking to cash in and get something going. <laughs> Fantastic. Hell nice. Yeah. I was going to say before, before we left Monty, I would have given him a pretty big hug and a little kiss on the cheek as if he was granddad. So Totally. Mm, yeah. yeah, he'll he'll hug you back. Like very tight. Bear hug. You never had any kids or grandkids, you know, so it's like, I don't know. He takes all the he's an old man, takes all the hugs he can get in like the most grandfatherly way. Can we do another group hug? There's so it's many. Like, well, if you're hugs. up for it. Yeah. Group hug. Group hug. Yeah, I hum- let me get I, a swig of I alcohol before sparrows. I do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll, I'll join in the group hug. I'll, I'll, I'll hug the sparrows. I'll hug, hug the sparrows. <laughs> and I Heck again yeah. hum softly. We are family. <laughs> well uh we'll get to the uh the epilogue then so kind of we'll say the scene kind of fades out cinematically with the group hug um one week later you guys make it back to that old watchtower on the southern coast storm is just setting in and as you guys enter princess aldora dressed as the crimson snipe is there and she says mission report sparrows we blew it up um 
interesting change of plans, actually, there, um, princess. Turns out our guy Monty, not so bad, actually. What he was and doing, the weapons he was making were actually from, it, was it pig iron? Pig iron, yes. Yep. Pig iron, yes. So they were very shoddy, really bad quality, giving our armies an advantage. She takes a moment to process this. She says, you're telling me that the only weapon provider left for our enemies is making crap? Exactly. Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> and and he's giving refuge to their prisoners of war. She just so takes really? a minute. She's like completely like you almost see her eyes glaze over for a minute while she's processing this. And then she just like chuckles. And that chuckle turns into a low laugh. And that laugh turns into a high laugh until she's just like absolutely like just about to fall on the floor wheezing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna laugh with her and I'm gonna say if we didn't even almost drop an airship on it at all <laughs> no that was definitely planned. not no. never no. even crossed our minds never. whatsoever no yeah she uh, she eventually picks herself up herself up off the floor and she says well that that is wonderful you know what this means don't you no it means that not all of our enemies are loyal to my brother Maybe this war is one we can win after all. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, duty calls back to the front. You know, I'll, I'll call on you again soon. Because until then, keep yourself safe. Keep your head up. It's going to be a long one. And she smiles, kind of bids you adieu, and then lightning strikes and she disappears. Dang it, she's going to teach us that. <laughs> Every time. Oh so gosh. So awesome. Tiniest yeah. boots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, if any of the dirty water boys would have toe rings, it would be big boots, you know? Yeah. It's like absolutely yeah. fitting. Tiny boots on his tiny flare. toe rings. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh.